Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. All right, yeah, 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 from the drive, Hubler.com studios, you know what it is, it's a Tuesday, it's the wake-up call, and there are things to talk about, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, hanging out with you for the next three hours, right here on the fan in Indianapolis, Kevin looks beautiful this morning, you're dressed up like Phil Mickelson, Wow, I love it, I love how you look this morning. As a diehard Tiger Woods fan, this is my middle (laughs) finger off camera at you Oh man, Mark Dykin producing today. Uh, Jonathan Taylor can seek a trade, and you know that's what we're going to be talking about for the better part of three hours. ESPN Stephen Holder will join us uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We have some sound, uh, and we got you. 239-1070 hanging out with you. Fellas, good morning. Uh, And I know you guys have been following this saga for weeks after weeks after weeks. Uh, And then uh, poor JMV. Is this good or bad for our guy JMV at 5? 58 this news breaks as he leaves the air and uh, he and his basketball shorts go back home. Yeah, you know, Mark uh, referenced it yesterday. What, Mark? It was last Tuesday? Was it a week ago today? Yeah. We had the Anthony Richardson announcement at like 10.02 So we have been there before. Yes, you have. Um, Boy, just when you think there's a couple of grains left in the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. There's a lot more grains left in the hourglass with this. When I saw the news, Andy, my first thought was smart. Um, I kind of laughed when Jim Irsay got on his text message soapbox a couple of Saturdays ago and said, we will not trade Jonathan Taylor. We won't trade him now. We won't trade him in October. Acting like you're going to make some strong statement in this, it sounds good. It it, it means well, I guess. We're going to defend the horseshoe and all this. You're in no position as a franchise to make that statement. If you are not going to extend him, you would be doing an absolute disservice to your franchise, to your young quarterback, if you don't try and see what's out there. And let him see what's out there. I yeah. think this is part. I mean, let no. Jonathan Taylor. No, let's see, big boy. See let's what, see what the injury looks like. Let's what is see out what there. your value is. Let's see what the market is. Can I view this from a guy who's been here? This is day number two. Can, can I j- just view it through the eyes of that? That sure. And this is an easy thing for me to do in sports talk radio, and that's suck up to the fans for a second. But none of this is good for, of course, Anthony Richardson, which I know you guys want to get to and none of this is good either for the fan uh, I, I mean I mean getting ready for this job it has it has been Jonathan Taylor stuff and now what's the timeline to get Jonathan Taylor off your building <laughs> if you trade him in the next week what's the percentage that Jonathan Taylor by next Tuesday a week from today when you have to make all these roster cuts what you know what's the percentage these are all things I want to get to but the reality of the situation is we're going to find out we're We're going to find out, KB. We're going to find out exactly what that injury looks like. If it's an injury, if it's not an injury, if it's a hold-in, are we going to find that? I mean, we think we know a lot of these things, right? When you bring up the injury, I know everyone's like, ah, it's BS and everything else, and I can totally understand that, why you feel that way. We're about to find out because... 
Jonathan Taylor and his agent played the game of, well, he ain't right. That ankle ain't right. It's been seven months. It's been everything else. Fair enough. Okay, now if the Miami Dolphins want you, if the Chicago Bears want you, if who, and we can get in, obviously we have three hours to get into the teams. Okay, if they want you, then then fair enough. Uh, that ankle better, you know, that, that ankle better be right or close to right. There better be a plan there. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, to, to me, on, on top of, I don't, listen, I don't want to yell and scream all morning. To me, it's just bad for the fans. It's bad for, I mean, this is a guy, you have you have all the jerseys, everyone's got the 28 jersey, uh, and, you know, and, and I want to get into later on, maybe after Holder, maybe I'll ask Holder in the 8 o'clock hour, like, his legacy here, I'm interested what you guys think about that, and I'm interested if that's tied to how many draft picks you get back for him, <laughs> right? Yeah, if I mean, you get a two and a three and a five and a four and everything, you're like, well, you know, you know, Jonathan Taylor gave us some good years. It's not terrible uh, that he's gone and everything else, but we are about to find out uh, what his value is in the NFL. We are about to find out about that injury. So many things have been question marks for me for you guys. Now we're going to get some answers. Do teams want to trade him, trade valuable picks, and then on top of it, give him a guaranteed multiple-year deal? Will somebody want to set the market running back-wise that Jim Ursay seemingly doesn't want to? Man, there's a lot of things to get into. Yeah, really yeah. are. When we had Field Yates on a couple weeks ago, we'll, we'll play some of that audio coming up. He used the phrase double freight. You've got to create the trade package, and then you got to pay the guy. And that's a lot. With Christian McCaffrey last year, you were just absorbing the contract. You didn't have to pay him if you were San Francisco. Um, if you want to look at it in a much lesser scale, we saw Naheem Hines get traded last year from the Colts to the Bills. That was not necessarily having to pay that guy either. So I think there are some recent trades you can look at. Obviously, you can't go very far back with running back trades in the NFL to find comps. But I think in the McCaffrey and the Hines, it's somewhere in between. Stephen Holder, like Andy said, is going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. I think Stephen has been all over the story. And I don't think Steven, I, I'm fortunate to sit next to Steven during training camp, so him and I have a lot of conversations that don't make the uh, light <laughs> of Twitter. And for him last night to tweet out the word, uh, Andy, of, it, it is my educated opinion, there's mm-hmm. a real chance of a trade happening. Sure. Steven doesn't do that lightly. Right. And so I'm curious to ask him a little bit more about that, because to your point, that's the conversation that I have, the double freight that Field Yates alludes to of who's going to do that? Who is desperate in August? You know, last year, San Francisco, you could say that was a desperate move, but that's midseason. When, when you're halfway through it and you feel like, oh, hey, we're knocking on the door. The NFC is wide open. Who feels that in this month of August? I'm really curious. Does it have to be desperation? About that. Could it be a team getting over the hump? Boy, don't you feel like to give out the draft picks the Colts seemingly want and the multi-year? Yeah. Don't you almost feel desperate? Like, I mean, that I don't know. Uh, Until Philadelphia trades for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm trying to are, think of a good team that doesn't mind making teams, a splash. Several teams you can point to that have Colts connections. Philly's one of them. I, I know they let Miles Sanders walk. You know, I think a team kind of laying in the weeds that is not win now at all. But again, a former Colt connection with their new head coach who knows Jonathan Taylor. That would be Arizona. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple picks. Do they want this young running back to build with whatever they do at quarterback next year? So obviously the Taylor topic will dominate the headlines today. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton with us as always. Another day where you walk to the car and that is the workout for the day for you. It is beyond muggy. The glass is fogged up immediately. And boy, I haze, overcast, I can barely see Riley Towers. 
I went uh, I went on a walk yesterday, middle of the oh, day. God. How about that? Did you call 911 before I, you went on the I, walk? I did not. It's all about fitness over here. Obviously, you can tell by looking at me across the uh, <laughs> the uh, drivehubler.com studios. So did you walk up Mass Ave? <laughs> no, man. I went over, I uh, went to Irvington by my house. Nice. I, I, I drive by the house that we're closing on. Is that a weird thing to do? No, and not kinda, at all. And kind of snoop around, kind of park and kind of snoop around a little bit. Well, I got to get the lay of the land. Sure. Well, you got to creep uh, on the neighbors a little bit. Listening to Jake. Jake. Uh, interviewed Bob Kravitz yesterday, and I cut a Kravitz sound, but but uh, that won't make it because you know right after they had Kravitz on a couple hours later, they actually did they actually did say okay, uh, go ahead and find yourself a trade partner. Uh, I take it you guys aren't surprised by this. You're not surprised by this, or are you? No, I, I think for the last month or so, I've said these sides are beyond dug in, and, and um, I think it was only a matter of time before the Colts. I don't know if caved is the right word to use, Andy, but again, I kind of laughed at the Ursay comments a few weeks ago when it sounds good to say that on the night of a trade, re- trade request. We're not going to trade. We're not right. going to trade him now. We're, we're the, not trading We're the boss here. In right. October, I tweeted it last night when the news came out. The first word I used was smart by the Colts because if you're not willing to extend him, and unfortunately with this situation, Andy, the, tr- the injury element, the ankle injury element puts such a difficult murky water. It, it, it creates even murkier waters with this because we don't know. We don't know the severity of it. We don't know where he's at. Yep. I've heard very conflicting things from he's in Europe at some point to he could go practice tomorrow. <laughs> it, again, I mean, you're at two ends of the spectrum. He's in Europe. What's he doing in Europe? Well, I like that. Unfortunately, we, we've had some Colts players go to Europe for some injury <laughs> situations here and it hasn't ended well. Uh, but that throws a very difficult element into all of this and creates really gray waters when we want this to be black and white. But again, if you're not willing to extend him, and I've been on record, and I know you don't necessarily know this, Andy, but I at the State Fair show we did the day after the trade request, I think was made. I, I said, was listening. Three years for thirty nine million. You hand him the extension, and you say take it or leave it, because with that you can front load it. You support Anthony Richardson in his most fragile years as an NFL pro. You make sure that the cupboard is not totally bare. And then you get a little bit deeper into the Richardson evaluation. Obviously, you get deeper into Taylor's career. And then you pivot from there in how you view running back. It leaves you flexibility. M- moving forward. And people have countered that and said, no, slap the franchise tag on him a couple years. I'm like, yeah, no, no, that keeps him disgruntled. And it backloads things. I don't want to backload contracts. I want to frontload contracts when you're paying Richardson what you are. And on the Richardson front, Andy... And I know it's probably hard for a lot of us to put ourselves in the pro star athlete shoes because it's just not reality for our professional situations. And this isn't the NBA, but I think we're going to get there eventually with quarterbacks in the NFL. And it might have already happened, and it might happen very soon. We're going to get to a point, Andy, with quarterbacks that they're going to run the show. They're going to demand trades when they want. Aaron Rodgers already is. Yeah, Brady did. They're going to move at the will that we see the NBA guys move at. They, I mean, the NBA guys... Player they, empowerment. They, yes. Yes. They run the show. And so my thinking with this with Richardson, and we're a long ways away, to be totally fair, with Anthony Richardson getting there. But Andy, think three or four years down the road, and Richardson's first contract comes up, and all of a sudden he thinks back on his time here in Indy, and he thinks back on support, and he thinks back on helping him develop and all of that. With the way this is trending, it's going to be a black eye, right or wrong. And it's as much of a black eye on Jonathan Taylor and his team as it is on the Colts. But right now, you'd put this in the negative category in trying to keep Anthony Richardson happy. And that is an issue. 
and it's the first impression you've made on him. Right, you have time, at, but it's a first as impression. As an organization. And again, we're a long ways away fr- from getting there, but I think these are the things that if this was the Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton, you'd all of a sudden have Halliburton being like, telling Team USA guys right now, yeah, man, I don't really like what they're doing with my well, supposed you sidekick. See it all, you see it all the time. So, yeah. the yeah, NFL players is not the NBA, out. but again, I just think it's something to keep an eye on as you get deeper into this new era with obviously your most prized possession being number five. Uh, by the way, I don't know if it's... I've been thinking about this. Uh, I need like... The way these chairs are set up, I think I need a stool to put my feet on down here. Look at my feet. I'm always feeling like I'm having to stand up or something. How about something. the silver ring? Can you? Can you? Yeah. Can you? Well, I can, can do the sit. I'm about to okay. use the other chair. I need yeah. to be a little bit taller. I don't know. Did Jake have issues well, with this? I would say some high maintenance from Jake is rubbing off well, on you with uh, that. Well, with and that also statement. Jake was smiling at the studio, not working yesterday. He he came by and you know in his little coy laugh smile Jake, was was Jake loving ca- our issues. Jake called me twice <laughs> after he got off air. I don't think Jake has ever called me twice in his life. I I didn't answer the second one. Is that bad? Wow. Friendship. So you answered the first one, though? I answered the first one. We talked for 15 minutes. 15 minutes? I know. And then he and then he called me the second time, and I'm like, I mean, I just picked up the kid. I, <laughs> We've done this before. I, I gave you 15 you know, minutes. And then, I, you know, then he's <laughs> tweeting about, did you see his over 500 tweet from last night, Mark? I did not. You know, the record's 70 and 30. Are you 40 games over 500? Or are you technically 20 or something? I'm just like, oh, boy. I think I went to bed. I did not see that. No. Uh, 93.5, 107.5. It's the fan. Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen hanging out with you. The wake-up call on this Tuesday. Reacting with you. I need to bring up the YouTube chat. Okay. Uh, do you have that in front of you? I need to... Someone... The wake-up call. It is a passionate group. It is a group high in quantity, okay. high in quality. Wow. Dykton, I believe. I don't want to speak for you, but mm-hmm. we're thinking... And we would give away a fantasy spot to the YouTubers today? I think they deserve a spot, yeah. Okay. Maybe not They're right loyal. now, but a little bit later in the show. Right. We'll figure we out will, how to give that away. Yeah. Uh, can I, just on top of it, you mentioned Anthony Richardson, and there's many different angles, and obviously this is not good for him. I mean, when we talk about it, it's not good for the fans. Uh, ultimately, Jonathan Taylor may go out there and, and you know, running backs, he could be devalued, uh, and that won't be good for him, and we can dive into everything there. Uh, um, but the reality is as well, and this is something, obviously, yesterday, our first show together, I couldn't be too strong on because I guess I kind of believe that in the next week, by the way, the calming waters, I mean, how long did that last? No, the, no. the calming yeah, exactly. waters was, what, uh-huh. 24 hours, right, 30 right. hours? The Titanic Some, has yeah, left the port. I mean, Here I we mean, are. We didn't even get like a full like two days into no. being able to have the conversation uh, of the calming waters, but these running backs are not good enough in an offense that wants to run the football at a high clip. Uh, <laughs> Gavin! I, they, I mean, now now you're looking at a team yesterday. Evan Hull doesn't do it for you? Deion uh, Jackson doesn't? I mean, Deion Jackson's all right, but I mean, he can't be the... I mean, after that first preseason game, it's like, he's running between the tackles. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, Deion Jackson, like, he's good for what he does, uh, but then going beyond that uh, is something that is questionable. I mean, I know... I, I mean, we talked to, uh, to Joel Erickson. I think you asked him, hey, if this team goes to the waiver, you know, the waiver's coming up, who are they going to claim? They're what fourth, I believe you yes, said. Yes, uh-huh. roster and cuts one week from today, correct. There you go. Uh, and he said, well, yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at offensive line. And, okay, fair enough. Every team, you know, you go out, you try to get a couple guys, there's value. One man's trash can be uh, the Indianapolis Colts treasure. So it's like, all right, you know, you go get that. Now it's like, oh yeah, you know, and I forget who put this on Twitter, and it's killing me, and I and I should have uh, I should have marked it for you guys. It was like, yeah, they're starting running. Maybe it was Lou Riddick. They're, start, 
starting running back is you know not on the roster right now. Like there's a there's a probability or a possibility, I should say, that that is the case. So it's like okay, in this entire uh, waiver, when you're cutting, when guys are becoming available, and everything else, as we are in late August, now all you need to support Anthony Richardson is offensive line and running back. Yeah, I, that's daunting, man. I, this isn't going to calm any of those waters you just said, but I do think whenever he gets back from the broken arm. I think Zach Moss will be the starter, assuming Jonathan Taylor sure. is not here and or not healthy. Again, it sounds like Moss potentially week one, somewhere in the month of September there. Again, I, I comparing Zach Moss to Jonathan Taylor is very unfair to Jonathan Taylor, but that is a little different than a waiver claim. I am Again, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting Stephen Holder on with us at eight and getting more into... Steven mentioning again, the Colts want a first round pick. When I first saw the tweet yesterday, I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to play Augusta National tomorrow with Tiger Woods. But we probably should live in a <laughs> dose of reality here. And I'm curious your thoughts, Andy, when we get more into this. Let's compare that Christian McCaffrey trade because it's right. very difficult to find recent precedent with running backs. But the McCaffrey one has some elements you can point to. So I do want to get your thoughts. On that, we should give a little lay of the land for the Colts this week. Um, today, they are in Philadelphia. They actually, I think Zaire Franklin took the whole team to his favorite cheesesteak stop last night. Nice, yeah. I, nice I, little I, Philly I, touch listen, there. That's fine. At some point, I'll have to give you my thoughts on the Eagles. Mm, yeah. Big we time can, Giants we, yeah, fan. We, we Probably not going to be very high on yeah, the city of brotherly they love. They sicken me. They absolutely sicken me, but they're what? They're Can't the, you have a cheesesteak and appreciate I, I, it? I though? mean, I mean, they're the, I mean, they're probably what outside of Kansas City, the most well-run organization. Ugh, yeah, makes me sick. Jealousy, probably it, overriding. No, it's, no, it's jealousy. Anything else there? Um, but the Colts are in Philly. They'll practice at 10 a.m. today. It is their only practice of the week. Shane Steichen will meet the media after practice. I know we're all holding our breath for Shane Steichen updates because um, he's been just the gold standard of transparency here throughout this situation. Uh, Nate Atkins from the Indianapolis Star, he is in Philly covering those practices. He's going to join us tomorrow. And then again, Thursday, the preseason finale. I think I misspoke on this yesterday, so I want to make sure that we get to this in the opening segment. Amazon Prime. Does the Airbnb mm-hmm. have Amazon Prime for you here? Yeah, I, well, I brought my uh, Apple TV set okay. up. So, so you're going to be good to go? I, yeah, I'm good to go. I got the iPad anyway. I'm good to go on Amazon Prime. I understand why people are frustrated, but I'm good to go. So, now, you, you can know, go free trial if you want, and then probably the best news, and this covers, I think, you know, a large, large percentage of our listening slash viewing audience, it will be picked up here locally. I, I didn't was unsure of that, uh, but got confirmation yesterday RTV6, so that would be your ABC affiliate here in town. It will pick up the preseason finale coming up 8 o'clock on Thursday night. And did I see the Ravens finally lost a preseason yeah, game well, last night? Yeah, well, 24 straight in the Commanders. Uh, I mean, just, you know it, you're a bad that organization. Is stat? There's no way an NFL team ever wins 24 straight preseason games ever again. It took a Jake Fromm last-second drive field goal by whoever the field goal kicker or backup field goal Joey kicker is. Sly Was it Joey like Sly? That. Yeah, maybe a Joey Sly field goal to uh, to finally end the Ravens. The Commanders stormed the field like they were going to the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be fair. Uh, hey, come best on. moment Commanders franchise history <laughs> in how many years? I mean, yeah, they did make the playoffs a couple years ago, but you're right.
You're right, but they did make the playoffs just a couple years ago, Ron Rivera. Uh, so what color was the Gatorade they dumped on uh, Ron Rivera? <laughs> was there a prop for that on DraftKings or FanDuel? That was quite the reaction that you got. Uh, MLB kind of quiet yesterday. The Reds had a postponement. It didn't look like, and it's easy for me to say based off social media pictures, but you know, for the most part, uh, Southern California not hit maybe to the magnitude um, that we thought originally. So that game is now going to be a doubleheader coming up on Wednesday for the Reds. Mark, your Cubs get a win yesterday, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know, part of me is like giving daily wild card updates right now is a bit foolish, just how the NL is so jumbled. But the Cubs now in the second wild card spot again, three wild card teams out of each league this year. So the Cubs get a win, they move up on that. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. Again, a lot, a lot of Jonathan Taylor com- conversation from the compensation, possible teams, the message you're sending to your rookie quarterback. Again, that Christian McCaffrey trade, we saw it midseason last year. How does the value compare to that? We'll get your thoughts on it as well. And Stephen Holder joins us at 8. The definition of muggy, to say the least, as you head out to your car here. On this Tuesday morning, it is the wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, a quiet Monday in Major League Baseball, but the Cubs do defeat the Tigers 7-6. So they gain a half game on the Brewers, who are idle, but most importantly... Congrats. Thank you. They move up. Let's not... Uh, we don't need a... Good pat, job. What do you mean? Pat I Mark worked my ass here. off for that win. Uh, they do move up to second in the wild card. It, it, I will say this probably every day between now and the end of the season. The wild card, to me, is just... an. It's an incredible race right now when you look at the jumbled nature to it all. Cubs are up a half game, second to last wildcard spot. Giants have the last wildcard spot. And then behind those three looking to get in, or behind those two looking to get into the wildcard, the Diamondbacks are a half game back. The Reds are a game back. The Marlins are a game and a half back. Again, the Reds postponed. They were in Anaheim. That is pushed to a doubleheader on Wednesday, and the Indianapolis Indians back at home this week. It will be a hot one over at Victory Field. They have a series with the Iowa Cubs. That's going to be brutal, by the way, over there. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. (laughs) Is it not? By the way, I open the chat. I'm being crushed. That I have too much energy at 7 a.m. That oh, I need to, I need to quote I like unquote, the full throttle nature. I need to dial it back. Should I match just the, a little bit? Should I match? Try and match it, or should I just go with the let's balance it out? I think you'll give yourself an ulcer if you do that. <laughs> I mean, it's not fake. I, it's 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 one of the things that I have. I have energy. No, I enjoy you have two thermals over here. Are these both coffee? No, one's coffee and okay. uh, and one's water. Yeah, I go full on water. You go here. full. Oh, you're full on water. Well, I had coffee at home. Okay, before, before yeah, I, I before can I understand. I guess other scores, we talked about this earlier. Commanders 29-28 over the Ravens. Last second field goal, that got the win. You said a parade in D.C. today uh, for that Parade one? in D.C. Congratulations to Ron Rivera and Eric Bien-Ami. Uh, just uh, I love, uh, during the broadcast, I watch a little bit of it. They go, now Bien-Ami is going to show what he can do. You mean the multiple Super Bowls with Pat Mahomes wasn't <laughs> showing what he can do? Now he's got to coach Sam Howell to uh, get his bona fides in the NFL. Good last night. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was hoping he was going to go, you know, ten for thirty-two for you know a buck oh five and in uh, two interceptions. Oh, and by the way, just to add this to it, Aaron Rodgers is going to play in the preseason for the first time since uh, you know French and Indian War. You're gonna you're gonna get a little Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. So our team's not doing the little dress rehearsal here for the final game. I don't. I, I don't know. 
What? what it, which teams? I think it varies team to team. I, yeah, it like, absolutely. Is Anthony varies. Richardson going to play into the second half on Thursday? Or, well, Sam Howell played the entire game last night. Uh, CJ Stroud's already been kind of slotted in that he is going to be playing in the third game. Because, you know, in years past, the final preseason game has been used as the to seal term from Rick Venturi, the employment bowl. Yes. You know, back into the roster, try to make the team. Now it seems like it's been more of the dress rehearsal game. So, again, the Colts, their final preseason game coming up on Thursday. It's 8 o'clock on Amazon Prime, RTV6 here locally. They have their final joint practice of 2023 today. That begins at 10 a.m. in Philly. All right, on the other side, Field Yates, he has had some thoughts on a possible compensation for Jonathan Taylor. We saw the report last night that the Colts are seeking a first-round pick or a package, I guess, of draft picks that would equal a first-rounder. But again, Field Yates' thoughts a little bit less than that. We'll explain more coming up on the other side. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on a very muggy Tuesday in Indy. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Breaking news, ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting the Colts have given all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. It's not like they're looking to just unload him. The Colts have just spent half a year telling Jonathan Taylor he's not worth the money. All right, so there you go. Uh, That's the news on a Tuesday. Jonathan Taylor can go find himself. He and his agent uh, that Greg Doyle really doesn't like. I don't know if he read his piece, KB, or not uh, this morning, last night. So we'll continue to have the conversation here uh, on the fan as Jonathan Taylor can go find himself a trade partner. We can find out more about that injury and everything else. It is the fan, 93.5107.5. Now, how long is this clip now? You guys spoke with field eights uh, from ESPN yeah. maybe maybe a month ago, maybe three weeks ago? Yeah, it was a little bit less than that. It was August whenever, 10th. Yeah, I was going to say, just a couple weeks ago, whenever Jake was up at the Bruce Springsteen concert, Mark um, filled in, and we had field eights on to close out the show. So, you know, just typically how this show operates, that 945 segment, not a ton of listeners there uh, at the end. And that's when we add field eights on, but... I, I trust Field nationally. I feel like he's got a great pulse on things nationally, and so I just wanted to gauge, all right, what is compensation? What is a realistic trade package? Because we know the Christian McCaffrey won last year. Midseason, Christian McCaffrey from Carolina to San Francisco for a second, third, a fourth, and a fifth. Now, I think there are some stark differences between Christian McCaffrey as a player yeah. and his contract and Jonathan Taylor as a player and certainly his contract. They're also are some similarities, or you could honestly make the statement that Jonathan Taylor, and I know it's murky right now, but his injury situation doesn't look like Christian McCaffrey's injury situation. So, again, I I, I think there are some you can align with, some of these situations you necessarily don't add up in, in the same exact manner. 
Um, but I wanted to get Field Yates' thoughts on that before we play this clip. Again, Stephen Holder's going to join us coming up at 8. He reported yesterday the Colts are seeking a first-round pick in return for Jonathan Taylor or a trade package that you know adds up to a first-round pick. So given all of that, here was Field Yates with us a couple weeks back on what he thinks a realistic trade package would look like for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if this is because we've seen trades that have had conditions executed uh, recently. Obviously, the Carson Wentz trade is one of them. We have the Aaron Rodgers trade. But that seems to be the consistent theme, is that it's been all over the board. I've had teams that have told me, hey, listen, if I'm going to trade a guy and have to pay him $18 million a year, I've had people in front offices say, like, I'm not giving more than a fourth-round pick. You're paying double freight there, right? The draft pick plus the contract. And I'm not even sure the contract is the right way to go, given the fact that running backs these days are so replaceable. I've had others that have told me, hey, if you want this guy bad enough, uh, because you think he is the, the over-the-top piece, the guy that can take you from good to great or great to elite, elite to the Super Bowl favorite, it's got to be something like a third-round pick with conditions. If this guy, uh, if, if Jonathan Taylor rushes for 1,500 yards or if Jonathan Taylor and the team that he gets traded to make it to the conference championship game, whatever the conditions are, maybe you're willing to boost things up to a second-round pick I've not heard a first-round pick, which should be a surprise to absolutely nobody. And because I've I've asked the same question that you just presented about, like, how does the Christian McCaffrey trade factor into things? And the reality was that it uh, was a much more unique situation. We were in the middle of the season, so your your, your clock was a little shorter. Uh, beyond that, the 49ers did feel like um, in acquiring Christian McCaffrey, they were kind of getting him at a bit of a value because of the fact that for the, I believe it was three years remaining for CMC, maybe four years, uh, three and a half, I guess, based off of when he was traded last year. It was like a three and a half year for like $36, 37000000 million, which is probably different than what I think Jonathan Taylor would want right now over the next three to four years, right? He's probably looking for $15, 16000000 million per year to be paid as the highest paid running back uh, in the NFL. Um, I, I, I think that the Colts... Um, probably need to be maybe fans more so than the team because they're they're aware of the landscape um, i think probably prepared for like less than what you might think when you if you had you know three months ago in a bar mentioned the idea of trading jonathan taylor in, in a group of friends like you'd be thinking you know full freight i want the moon right i want a great young player and picks now i think the uh, the landscape is decidedly different both because of the nasty public nature of the situation and then also the fact that the running back market is just so not exactly sure what the word is right now other than devalued but you've got great players that are or guys that have had great careers that are still available on the free agent market in part because they're waiting for that big contract to come and i'm not so sure it's anything close to inevitable okay andy i thought that was interesting from field mm-hmm. yates again a couple weeks ago with us that that mccaffrey trade again a second third a fourth and a fifth when i first thought about what the Colts should try and seek out for Taylor. I took out the third and fifth, and I said a second and a fourth. That was my original thought. The more that I put some thought into that, I thought to myself, boy, that is lofty. I I just, (laughs) second and fourth seems very unrealistic. And, you know, to Field's point, a third, I, I would say yes and do it. Now, the McCaffrey thing I think is interesting to point out because. He plays on third down. He's pretty much a hybrid wideout. Taylor's not that. He 
was under contract for, I think it was three more years when San Francisco made that trade. Obviously, Taylor's situation is not that. But I think a big difference between the two is the injury history. And yes, Taylor's dealing with something right now, clearly. But that is one injury that caused him to miss six games. If you look at Christian McCaffrey, I almost forget this. And I don't know, maybe it's because he played in Carolina. And he played 10 total games. He's injured all the time. In 2020, 2021. If you look at his injury history, he had five separate injuries in 20 and 21 that forced him to miss. Each of those injuries forced him to miss at least four games. He missed 13 games in 2020. 13. I mean, we're talking multiple ankle ailments. We're talking a shoulder, a hamstring, a glute. Yep. I mean, we're talking a variety of injuries with him that has forced him to miss a lot of time. So that's where, if you're looking for a bit of optimism in what the Colts might get in return, I think that is a little bit of it. There's not much in this, but there is a little bit in that. Field Yates said a third with conditions. Do you think that's realistic? I, I think that would be a lot more realistic than McCaffrey. I'm, I'm glad you guys didn't kind of tag team and go, oh, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor is going to get that. I, no, I don't think no, that's no, no. the case. Do you believe in NFL circles? People believe that McCaffrey's better than Taylor. Well, he, he's modern. You know, sure, I mean, he's he, a hybrid. He, yeah, I mean, he, he is a pretty much a white. It's why him and Alvin Kamara make more money than Derrick Henry. You know, if you look at the financials of their base salaries and what Henry's 12 and a half a year, and I think McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are north of 15. It's because you have that element of a running back and a whiteout. It's why Naheem Hines last year netted a fifth in Zach Moss. Right now, you are saying you'd be surprised at a third. I I think that's as high as you're probably going to go. Okay, right? let's just do, do, we agree on that for the most part, don't we? Let's just pause right there. So if a third is too high, let's say it's a fourth. Imagine saying that Naheem Hines goes for a fifth and Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor goes for a fourth. Right. Isn't that kind of crazy though? Yeah. To say and I understand why you say that. And again, there's a contract and an injury element you have to factor in. But Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are in two different stratospheres as football players. So that is just the unusual element to all of this and how running backs are valued. Teams. Give us some teams that you think would even be a possibility. I think there's one in the AFC I feel decent about. And one in the NFC that I feel like is a little bit more of a long shot. Okay, well, who are they? I kind of want to know now. Now, now. You piqued my interest. To hell with me. Well... What I thought was interesting last night, the AFC team that I first thought of, it ended up being reported later in the night that they do have some interest in Jonathan Taylor, and that's the Miami Dolphins. If you look at their offense right now, what is missing is kind of that that lead back. Is a star running back, and, and then on top of it, they are a team uh, that is like, hey, we need to we need to win, and we need to win now. And you're not paying Tua insane money yet, so you you still are in a decent. They aren't in a great cap situation, but they could finagle some stuff there. And they will and they will make some make some moves. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they've done they that did the twice. Trade to Bradley Chubb they've done last that twice year. on defense here uh, in the last so ever many months. Now I did tweet out last night if you remember, they don't have a third this year. Yeah, that's forfeited, because right? Because of the tampering charge and they don't have a fourth because of the Chubb trade last year. Uh but the next year they would have in 2025, they would have a full war chest if you will, first, second, third, fourth and everything else. Uh, I think you have to look for a team 
uh, like that. I don't know. Do you, do we both feel, does everyone here feel like it's going to be a team that's going to be a good team? Well, see, that's... Not a bad team? That's where I do differ on the two teams that I mentioned. One more thing to point out, I think, about the Dolphins. And Barry Jackson, who covers the Dolphins, had this last night. He pointed out specifically... The Dolphins are intrigued by the age of Jonathan Taylor. And I think, again, that is a difference with Christian McCaffrey. 100%. 100%. About three years younger. And in three years as doggy, I mean, that is, what, 15 years when you're talking about running backs and how they can have a steep decline with that. And they also mentioned the big playability. You know, when you think of Mike McDaniel and that offense in general, whether it's Tyreek Hill, whether it's Jalen Waddle, they want to create the big, big plays. And that's where, obviously, Taylor... That, to me, is what separates him from other running backs in the league. Now, on the flip side, I go over to the NFC. And again, this team is in no win-now mode whatsoever. But their head coach was on the Colts staff with Jonathan Taylor. And seemingly, they will be in the Caleb Williams-Drake-May market next year. So, do you want to try and pair that quarterback with a young running back for those early years? That's kind of my thought process here in Indy. Mm -hmm, Right. And have some support there. And that would be the Arizona Cardinals. Now, again, it would be very out of character from a win-now standpoint for them, but they have the couple of first-round picks. They have the cap space. James Conner is getting up there in age and has battled injuries. So that is the team with Jonathan Gannon as their head coach, who, of course, was on the Colts staff when Jonathan Taylor made his entry in the NFL and obviously had some you know, has made a strong impression on the Colts right away. That was the other NFC team that I threw out there. Do the Bears do anything for you in in all of this? I might let Mark Dykton speak to this, but I I would venture to guess Mark would say no. I would say no. I mean, they let David Montgomery walk and go to the Lions. Yeah, for three, for what, 18, something like that? And so so they're they're in the three-headed monster situation where they'd rather go with three running backs as opposed to one. I can't see that they're finally going to have back-to-back, you know, uh, uh, two number one picks and you're going to trade one for Jonathan Taylor and pay him. I know you have the salary cap space, but that that would make zero sense to now me. Now would Eberflus, like Jonathan Gannon, say this is a different guy? I mean, this is a this is a guy that I think would, whatever, support Justin Fields and Chase Claypool's banged up and, and I... Well, the only flip, just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, the only he, the only flip could. I, I just don't see... There's, I, don't, I don't see there's any chance that they put theirs or the Carolina first round pick right maybe not the first but do they feel more comfortable about saying let's package a third a fourth and a sixth and then you know we can trade back out of round one and recoup maybe but only because of the relationship that Eberflus might have with with Jonathan Taylor and stuff but I mean you just spent money on running backs and you're gonna have Justin Fields contract coming up and Darnell Mooney so you've got big big kind of money contracts coming up for the Bears that the Colts have similarly where they have to have some big decisions coming up I can't imagine that they're gonna throw that kind of money at a running back now Uh, I'm with you guys. I think the the Bears are only interesting because of, yes, the connections. They have the money, and they're one of those teams that, you know, at some point here, you got to get going, right? Sure. When you yeah. have head coach and you well, have GM. Fields is in a massively and, critical year. Yeah, you're in yeah. you're in this situation to where, yes, you, you do have some running backs. I know they drafted. You know, I understand. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor would be above and beyond if they, if they did that. Listen, I just – one thing I want to get – to later is it are Indiana are Colts fans going to remember Jonathan Taylor like are you guys going to have a smile on your face Jonathan Taylor if you get a haul from him if you get a fourth and a fifth 
You're going to look yeah. at what Chris Ballard has done in the fourth and fifth rounds and say, we got rid of Jonathan Taylor for a guy who might play offensive line, you know, who might be a swing offensive lineman for a couple years around here, right? Yeah, I, I, it, Jonathan Taylor is a great player. I think he's been a great player here, but this just goes to the position he plays, Andy. The the return on investment you've gotten as a team. I mean, you haven't won a division title. Right. You haven't won a playoff game. Again, he'd be exiting before the end of his rookie contract, and to your point, you'd be getting a couple high day three picks out of it. Like, that's just a bummer. It, it, and I said this quite often over the last few weeks, and this is where I'd love to give some truth serum to Chris Bauer, Jim Mercer, etc. You don't draft guys in the second round if you're going to bail on them before the end of their rookie contract. Yeah. So why? Why? Why did Jim Irsay hop on a Zoom in 2020 during the COVID draft and tell Chris Ballard, you're infatuated with Jonathan Taylor, trade up for him? Why? If you're going to do this. And again, I know it's hard to predict the future and all that, but to me, when you're spending the 40th or whatever pick he was, the 40th overall pick on a guy... He's right there on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium for a reason. Right there. I mean, he's the first one you see coming. You got to take that down. Coming yeah. from the airport. I-70 southwest corner. He is right there. If you're going to do that, you expect him to be up there for six to eight years. You don't expect him to be up there. Who for, do you replace him with? For who, three years. Who goes up if Taylor uh, if Taylor comes down? Don't you just Who's look? even on Lucas Oil right now? So Besides can you, can him. You, can you name the four, Mark? Can I name the four? Yeah. Jonathan Andy? Taylor, DeForest Buckner. Either you. Quentin Nelson and... Shaq Leonard. Yeah, I was going to say Shaq. Look at yeah, that. Mark there you Dyke go. I'd only it. drive past it every single day and see. Well, if he was just he was just down there live, so, live tweeting the Colts preseason <laughs> game the other day. So said about Richardson, and, uh, Anthony Richardson on. <laughs> I would say I mean, so. Yeah, you think it's easy? Premature now, for Richardson. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Maybe this year. Make I, I'm well. Everything's premature for Richardson. He started 13 games. He played what 20 snaps in Buffalo, and you made him the starting quarterback. Let me throw one more team at you. Okay. And this is all due to their head coach, and for some reason I just feel like this head coach has a persona or has a, I'm in the building right now, I run everything here. And it's arguably the best division in football. It's a quarterback that just had an awful first season with them, and I'm purely thinking full-on resurrection mode, full-on new head coach coming out of the TV booth, let's do something a little crazy. What about the Broncos? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had injuries last year at the at, at the running back position. Yeah, Javante right? Williams. I know they've drafted high halfway he's through the off, season. What, an ACL, yeah, yeah. and uh, it would be quite the move. But Sean Payton seems to have some flash, some pizzazz. Russell Wilson, of course, major breaking point in the rest of his career. You would think this twenty twenty three season. You're in a division where if you can't score, you ain't competing at all. So that was another team that. I don't think they've got gobs of the cap space and gobs of the draft picks and all of that, but that was another one that, as I was scanning the league, I'll be totally honest with you, Andy, I started scanning the league, though, and I'll go back to the double freight phrase that Field Yates uses, draft picks and money. It's hard for me to come up with about more than four teams. Well, I was going to say, how many teams are we talking about? And, and so you said four. I was wondering what's the what's the over under there on teams. Have I missed anybody? Like, no, I mean, I mean again, listen, four. Maybe well, Dolphins, maybe Cardinals, maybe Bears, maybe Broncos, and that's why. Again, I I really value Stephen Holder and trust his opinion. He's been saying all along that he thinks there is a market out there, and when I hear market, I hear multiple teams. Oh, so sure. If there to. are multiple teams and you're Chris Bauer, you're doing backflips. How how different is this if this is a couple weeks ago and Dalvin Cook has not been signed yet? 
See, I don't think... And he was just on a one-year deal. He's older. I know, but I don't know if him and Zeke apply to this. Well, Zeke, absolutely. Zeke's washed. Zeke da- is washed, Dalvin yeah. Cook is not washed. There's a, few, there's a few years left, productive years. Zeke Elliott is a second, third, third string running back for me. But cal- counter to the Dalvin Cook, uh, coming off shoulder surgery, he's got a domestic violence issue yeah. that still is unresolved, and what, he's 27, 28? A- again, I know... You know, 24 to 27, 28 might not seem like a lot. It's a lot when you're talking about a running back. To me, with all this running back dominoes, I've always gone to Josh Jacobs. What happens with him? Because mm-hmm. he's the 25-year-old. He's the one that hasn't gotten to the second contract like Taylor, right. whereas Zeke and Dalvin Cook have. But I think you do bring up a good point, Andy. Where teams are going to have hesitancy in giving the war chest, to use a phrase that you used earlier, for Jonathan Taylor Look at the 2024 free agent running backs. And this is where the Taylor camp is going to struggle. If you look ahead to what is there in 2024, you've got Derrick Henry. You've got Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. You've got Tony Pollard. You've got your guy. Saquon, yeah. Saquon, and maybe I'm... Am I allowed to say (laughs) your guy? I I just assume as a Giants fan, you are a fan of this. If they they would have moved on from him, and you know, it it would not have broke my heart. But yes, uh, they they made a sweetheart deal, something the Colts decided not to do. Then they gave him some more money. He was on the franchise tag, but they did give him some money. Hey, if you hit these escalators, you're going to get some cash. And that's something that Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, and I know we can maybe get to that a little bit later, he's brought up about do you almost pay Taylor the franchise tag a little early and by that, you give him the one-year extension. I know it's not exactly what the Giants did with Barkley, but you're sweetening things this year. You see how this year plays out, and then you say to him, if things go well, that's then what I we'll wanted. Talk con- contract extension, right? That, that's why I was not trade his ass because everyone's been that. Barkley, no, well, I mean Barkley, but also Jonathan Taylor. Uh-huh. Could they do something like that with Jonathan Taylor? But that's not the same because both sides are dug in here. Where that was not the case in New York. Barkley was not dug in. He tried to talk tough. He wasn't, and the Giants obviously needed him, and they weren't dug in nearly as much as seemingly Jim Irsay is. Again, I thought it is a smart decision by the Colts to let Jonathan Taylor see what is out there. If nothing else, um, you're letting him see it himself. Hey, man, if you think you're worth a lot, go out there and see what you are worth. Um, But again, for me, the news last night, uh, smart. If you aren't willing to extend or you don't want to extend him, this is what you should do. See what is out there on your end. Let Taylor see what's out there and then um, make a decision off of that. On the other side, Stephen Holder from ESPN.com. Again, he's been all over this. Um, He had the report of the Colts seeking out a first-round pick or a compensation package that would add up to a first-round pick. We'll talk more, Stephen, about all of that on the other side. It's Kevin and... uh, Kevin and Quarry. Sorry. Uh, It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy. Oh, man, it's all right. The first of many, right? Uh, It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy. Clearly, I need to wake up here on this muggy Tuesday in Indy. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour it's the rolling wake up along. Call with KB and Andy <laughs> on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
Oh goodness, sorry, I was premature there. First and you 15. guys, you guys can say that. What a great outro by you and an intro by me. There we <laughs> yeah, go, exactly. professional radio uh-huh. on the fan here. So that's why we're twenty second in the mid market <laughs> ranking. You've mentioned that uh, uh-huh. like three times already yeah. in a day and a I've half. Got a plaque on my desk if you haven't seen Do it. Do you really? Uh-huh. Uh, hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. Uh, wake up call, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dyche, hanging out with you. Uh, we got you to uh, ten o'clock today as we continue to react, analyze, and everything in between the Jonathan Taylor situation. Yesterday was Anthony Richardson. Why did he not play uh, in the preseason game? And obviously now, uh, JT, as that news uh, became official around 6 o'clock yesterday, uh, let's get him going. Stephen Holder, the great Stephen Holder, who I have not met yet, who I'm very excited to meet. But uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Stephen's from ESPN, and he joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen, good morning. How are you, my man? I'm doing well, uh, but we will see what today brings. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, this has been a saga, and it uh, it seems like here in the next few days, hours, weeks, whatever it may be, we may get some finality to it all. Uh, you believe, you tweeted as much, Stephen, last night. You believe there absolutely is a market. What do you think that market looks like for Jonathan Taylor as we sit here moving into late August? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the more complicated question. It's still materializing. You know, do I think the Colts will get a first-round pick? No, I don't believe that'll happen. Uh, but I, I also think we all understand that's a starting point. You know, that's how these things work. And so uh, the Colts understand that this is not likely to lead to them getting exactly what they want. And ultimately, if, if they want a resolution here, everyone wants a resolution, everyone involved. And even us who aren't involved, we all want a resolution. And so it does potentially provide them an opportunity to get out of this situation. I mean, at the end of the day, they, even if they, even if we sit here and we tell ourselves the Colts have all the cards and and I get that ultimately what they have is a very good and very popular player who doesn't want to be there and has publicly well, no, not publicly, but has made that very clear, I guess, through various various ways. So that problem doesn't go away if you decide you don't like the deal. You still have that issue you have to contend with. And so ultimately, they have to keep that in mind here, I think, and, and at least make a concerted effort to find a deal if, if a good one materializes. Stephen, do you think there's any element from the Colts that's saying, hey, Jonathan, you go see the market? Like, you think there's this robust market for yourself? Here you go. Go see it and come back to us. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people have asked that question. I, I think it's a good question and a fair, a fair question. I, I think for the Colts, um, I, I just don't know that it accomplishes anything, ultimately, other than to say we were right and you were wrong. It still doesn't necessarily solve the problem, even if they – they feel like they end up with the moral high ground. You know what I mean? Because that may well happen. It may well, it may well be that, that, that Jonathan Taylor and his agent go out there and, and try, to, try to, to land a deal, and, and none really materializes, not one that the Colts would accept. That is absolutely possible here, particularly given the time of year, given the marketplace when it comes to to running backs, all of that's possible, right? I, all I'm saying, though, is if that ends, ends up being the case, 
I mean, do we really think Jonathan Taylor just comes in and just says, all right, never mind, everything's fine? I, I don't know. I, I just find that hard to believe. I don't think it ultimately solves the problem. I still think you have an issue on your hands, uh, a player who who you did not engage with you know, contractually, and that problem still exists. They're not going to sign him to a contract, a, a lesser contract or something. So I don't know. I, it's a fair question, and, it, and it, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think it solves their problem, even if that outcome happens. Yeah, I guess the only thing would be uh, finally Taylor sees reality. Okay, this is what right. my actual market is, which again, I who Absolutely. knows? Cl- clearly his team thinks that there's something out there. This is more of a logistical question, and I don't know, maybe it's simply like, oh, you just bring him off the pup list if you do it. Can he be traded while he is on the pup list? And I guess the other question would be, if the Colts are letting him seek out a trade, I would assume the Colts are then willing to show whatever team has interest, the medical files, if you will, on Jonathan Taylor? Hmm. As to whether he can be traded on pub, I, I feel like I should know that answer, but I actually don't think I'm 100% sure. <laughs> I I think you probably can. Um I mean, look, and you can Calvin easily Ridley bring him off traded. the pup list to to trade him. Like, let me let me be you be could. clear. That's that that's not some major hindrance. I guess more yeah. to the medical no, part look, is what I'm curious about. Look, look, Calvin Ridley was traded while he was suspended last year. You know, so um, that's something that's maybe a comparison to show that yeah. I, I think as long as you're an active player, maybe you can be traded. I, I presume. Um, as for uh, sorry, tell me again your, your follow up to that well, what again? would the Colts and can the Colts I guess let's say the Eagles let's just use the team that they're in that city of Eagles have interest in Jonathan Taylor but they say to the Colts uh, we want medical files uh, on yeah. Jonathan Taylor would and can the Colts reveal that I guess yeah I, I at minimum Jonathan Taylor could authorize it and you know to facilitate the trade that, yeah. that you could do for sure um, and, and then obviously what typically happens is oftentimes in a trade situation, uh, the acquiring team will conduct a physical, you know, when the player comes over and, and that, and the trade is contingent upon the physical, you know, upon him passing the physical. That's generally how that goes. And we have seen trades be reversed because of a guy failing a physical. So that does happen. Uh, so that's that's more likely how that would work, and, and I guess it, in this particular instance, because Jonathan Taylor and his representative are involved in the process, I presume that they can facilitate you know that that information if they so choose. Stephen Holder with us here on the fan at Holder uh, at Holder Stephen. If you want to follow him there on Twitter, he joins us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Uh, divvying up blame—that's something that we, uh, you know, have talked about leading up to this. We haven't talked about it today. We've talked about teams and what can uh, the Colts get back and everything else. But you know, you you look at Ursay, you look at the agent of Jonathan Taylor. You know, why not just offer him a deal if it's three years, thirty-nine mil? I know KB's been talking about that beating that drum uh, for quite a few weeks. Do you care, Stephen, at all about who is to blame, divvying up blame, everyone's to blame? Uh, How do you feel about that as, you know, in the next few days we could see the end of the Jonathan Taylor era here in Indianapolis? Well, I'll start by saying it's it's actually a a pretty sad story, ultimately. You know, if if this ends up happening, it's, it's sad, right? I mean, I will say... 
2021 was so fun in terms of the, the, the part about Jonathan Taylor's success now, the, the way the season ended, that was a whole other story, right? But, but just watching Jonathan Taylor in 2021, I mean, it's one of the, the more joyful experiences I've had, you know, watching an individual player succeed. It, it was just, it was amazing to watch, you know? And, and so and to have a front row seat for that, I mean, I had a blast. And I know KB, you were there for that too. And so, you know, if it if it comes to this conclusion, I mean, that's just you know, two years later, that's just really sad. Ultimately, so I'll start by saying that. Um, you know, when it comes to who's at fault, I think it's something I've been saying all along. I think that's part of the the difficulty here is that both sides think they're right, and they both have good points. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. If you're Jonathan Taylor, you got to feel like, hey, man, are you kidding me? You're not even gonna. You're not even gonna try. We're not even gonna talk about an extension. And if you're the Colts, you know you you look at it like, hey, look, we're we're in a transitional period. This is something Chris Ballard has said. We're in a transitional period. New coach. Uh, we had a bad season last year. You were hurt. Look, we're gonna wait. And and I think, you know, that's a very defensible position too. Uh, but you know, again, I go back to if you're Jonathan Taylor, you, you know, it's very easy for you to say, look. You extended Shaquille Leonard with the highest, the, the made him the highest paid player at his position when he was on the pup list two years ago. That that's true. Uh, I mean, so you know, everybody has you know, not to mention Quentin Nelson coming off three surgeries and, and and not a great season either. By the way, you know, got a huge contract extension. So I mean, there's there's all these examples in front of you, and then it's your turn, and you you have been a, a great player for your team. And then to, to wind up not even being engaged on the contract extension, I mean, I would be indignant if I were Jonathan Taylor. But I also understand the Colts thinking, hey, man, you're on the contract, and you know we're telling you to give us time and, and be patient with us, and we'll do right by you. So I, I, that's a very defensible position, too. I don't know who's at fault, I guess is what I'm saying. No one's at fault. Now, what I would also add is that no one has handled this well. Right. Right, that is definitely true, and and that's that's kind of the unfortunate thing about it. This was this was a great match and a great pair. You know, the Colts really identified Jonathan Taylor early in the draft process, traded up to get him. They were thrilled. They were literally thrilled to get him. That was that was genuine, and and to see it now where things are, uh, it's just sad. Stephen, um, it's kind. Of, and by the way, Stephen Holder's with us here, ESPN.com. My last one on the Taylor front, it's kind of amazing to go back, and I remember the scene pretty vividly from Hard Knocks. Chris Ballard sitting in the running back's room with Scotty Montgomery, sits there, Scotty Montgomery, and is like, Jonathan Taylor is a top five weapon in the NFL. I mean, weapon. He he didn't call him a running back, called him a, a top five offensive weapon, doesn't get tired, absolute game changer. I mean, couldn't gush more about Jonathan Taylor. What has changed? Since then, is it the four win season and the challenging of a blueprint from a new head coach? Is that what has changed here? Because I don't think when they drafted him in the second round, had you told him he'd break a franchise record, hadn't torn an ACL or ripped an Achilles apart, you would probably give him a contract extension. So what has changed, do you think, for the Colts? It's you're right, first of all. And and then you add in Chris Ballard's continual statements that you know we will reward our our homegrown players and they've done that they have there's no evidence that that they are reluctant to do that 
you know, with some with some minor exceptions, right? You know, Bobby Okereke, right? There, there just wasn't a need there, and they had they had talent at that position. No one no one had a problem with that. We understand why he walked, but yeah, they have been consistently they have consistently rewarded their players and and stuck to that promise. So it in in that on top of what you just laid out, you know how they felt about Jonathan Taylor specifically. So I do think there's a couple of possibilities here in terms of when you ask what's changed. Number one, I wonder if you know Chris Ballard maybe is is reshaping how he approaches things, and I don't know how specifically, but but it's definitely a departure for him. And and I still I ultimately believe this approach is is being driven by Chris Ballard and not Jim Ursay. I have a lot of reason to believe that. I have a lot of evidence that points to that. But is that so, Ballard convincing Ursay? Because we, we know I mean I think Yes. You know yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. I, I think I think I think my perception here, not to get off the subject, but my perception is that that Jim Ursay what is is in agreement, but Jim Ursay is is mostly following uh, Chris Ballard's direction here. That is that is what I believe. Now, you know. So to your question, why is that? Uh, I, I think it's a couple things. Number one, or a couple possibilities. As I said, is, is Chris Ballard changing his approach? Maybe. I mean, he hasn't won anything, right? He's under pressure in the long term. That's true. And the team is at a is at a pivot point. That's true. You know, they don't know what they are. Are they rebuilding? Are they retooling? Are they just kind of restocking? I don't know. I don't think they know. That's part of the problem here, right? Who are we as a team? Is is probably what the Colts are trying to find out. And I think that somewhat limits, you know, your willingness to make future investments. I, I think that's a reality here. And whether you agree or disagree, I, I just think that's that's a reality that they are dealing with. And and then someone asked me this and I can't speak to whether it's true or not, but it's a question. You know, look, Chris Ballard, he did have the Shaquille Leonard extension, and and there were some some injury concerns there. I, it, you know, I'm not saying that Shaquille Leonard was a was a bad investment. I mean, I had no problem with that deal, uh, but it you know hasn't necessarily paid off yet. Yeah, it'd be natural right? to have second thoughts. Yeah, and so you you could understand that. I had I had a someone uh, someone actually in a front office asked me that. And, and asked me, he said, do you think this is a product of Chris Ballard being gun shy after mm-hmm. the Leonard deal? And I said, you know, I don't know, but it's a fair question. And, and I think it's food for thought, maybe. You know, I, I don't know. These are the things that I think that you can kind of bounce around in your head. Um, but uh, they're, all, they're all pretty fair questions to, to wonder. Stephen Holder with us, ESPN.com. It's the fan. Um, I, someone asked this. We were kicking this around the office, so I'll bring it. To, I'll bring it to air. Maybe you guys, KB, maybe you figured it out. Is JT? Do we know if he's going to be traveling with the team? And you know, he was going to be in Philly and everything else. Is all of that still happening? Given that now he can go out and seek another team. My understanding, as of last night, was that yes, he was traveling to Philadelphia. So my understanding is that he is there. Yes. So uh, for whatever that's worth, and I don't know what kind of scene that's going to result in today, but uh, that's that's my understanding. Yes. 
Well, he can uh, he can meet with Howie Roseman. Uh, the Eagles have all <laughs> the Eagles have all the damn talent anyway, Stephen. So just throw in uh, throw in another running back uh, there if you want. I mean, just for me, uh, KB. I don't know what else you have. I mean, you know Richardson. You know, we've talked about this, Anthony Richardson. You got to build around your quarterback, uh, and now Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the percentage of him being on this team is was low, low, low anyway. And now you throw this on top of it. Uh, and hey, you know waivers in the next week. What about getting an offensive lineman? Uh, to me, there's the Richardson effect as well that this is just you know Stephen this is not helping out a young coach and a young quarterback in a new regime whatsoever yeah I think that's kind of the the part of this story we, we aren't talking about enough <laughs> you know I mean here is Anthony Richardson he, he doesn't have you know some kind of top five wide receiver as it is I, I think he has a good group but not a great one uh, he's got a, a tight end group that's trying to find itself. Got some talent, but is pretty beat up right now. And you know, the, the kid needs some help. You know, and, and I've I've been I've been told by some fans, you know, the, that they have kind of they've kind of uh, you know played devil's advocate and said, well, you know, Richardson's running ability was actually going to help Jonathan Taylor more than anything else. I, I reject that completely. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I reject that. Now, it, it, it certainly it does make a big difference when your quarterback is a running threat, and that helps your running game. That is true. But ultimately, who are you more afraid of in that scenario? You're more afraid of Jonathan Taylor because you've seen Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Anthony Richardson may ultimately be more of a weapon. I don't know, but but that's that's the point. We don't know, and so uh, you know. And also, by the way, I mean teams are not going to run their their quarterback. 15 or 20 times a game. You, you can see Jonathan Taylor getting the ball 15, 20, 25 times, and and that's 20 times where he has the opportunity to go the distance. So, you know, he's going to have more touches. He ultimately is going to impact the game more as a runner. So I, I think when you talk about impact and, and, and Anthony Richardson and the impact on him, uh, yeah, this has a negative impact on Anthony Richardson. There's no question about it. I, I don't think, and then certainly Shane Steichen. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. I mean, is he a better play caller with Jonathan Taylor joining Anthony Richardson in the backfield? Uh, absolutely. So no one really wins here if, if Jonathan Taylor ends up going elsewhere. Stephen, we'll end with this and really appreciate your time. I know it's been a super busy twenty four. Well, hell, it's been a busy month for you here following this this, <laughs> this Taylor story, among other things. Um, but you you tweeted last night, and knowing you, you don't tweet this just to tweet it. But you tweeted, you know, educated opinion that there's a real chance of a trade happening. I guess I'm asking you, care to add anything on that? I mean, like yeah. you don't say that just to say it. So I, I guess, is there anything you would like to add on that? Well, I'll, I can just say this. I mean, look, I I don't know what the odds are here. I mean, it's too early to to know that, right? This is this is going to be a process, and they they have to engage. The Colts will have to engage with these teams, and you know they'll have to bring an offer to them and and you know and it's like anything else right it's like like buying a house you know what i'm saying so you make your offer and then you got the conversations that go from there that that's where we are right now we're in the in the actual offer stage and then i don't even know if the offers have been made yet you know so so we're in the very very early stages of this now what i can tell you is this i do think there's been as i do know there's been a pretty significant engagement from Taylor's camp with other teams. So let's, let's, let's put it that way. 
And so does that mean a deal absolutely happening? No, it doesn't. It just means that that a lot of people, uh, Jonathan Taylor being available got people's attention is what I'm saying. Hmm. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how serious they are about it. But, but Jonathan Taylor's availability got people talking yesterday. That, that I know for sure. Steve, you've been gracious with your time on our airwaves here, especially, again, in the last day or so. So we appreciate that. Appreciate you bumping up a day with uh, the Colts in Philly later today. And uh, we'll chat with you next week. Okay, you got it, guys. That's Stephen Holder right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Again, we typically hear from Stephen on Wednesdays. That's great stuff. Um, but yeah. bumped him up to Tuesday. Nate Atkins is in Philly right now from the Star. He's going to join us tomorrow. And again, I know Stephen has been uh, was on both the shows yesterday. So thank him for the time. Uh, one thing, can I react? I know we yeah, let's take yeah. a break. Uh, I want to react to <laughs> are the Colts rebuilding? I mean. Taylor's not here. You have a new coach. You have a new quarterback. You're starting young corners. <laughs> Your offensive line's a question. Are you saying it's, you, it's, you guys it tell sounds me. obvious Yeah, you? I mean, you guys tell me, what do you think you're doing? Well, and, the, you know? The other thing, I see a lot of people that are like, Taylor signed a contract. He should honor it. I, I just... I don't think it's that easy. It's and like, not. And where were those people when Leonard Nelson, Naeem Hines, Braden Smith, Grover Stewart got contract extensions? You know, that to me is just not, yeah. oh yeah, you know, it's not. That's people siding with management when they're not management, and it happens in sports at an alarming rate. It does, KB. No, it certainly does. Um, let's do a morning check down. The morning check down. Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Andy, I'm actually going to lead off with a little high school action here because I think it's something we hinted at briefly yesterday, but I think this is probably going to be the norm the rest of the week. And I know we got a lot of people either driving kids to school or certainly dealing with pickup times for their kids from a high school or any sort of sporting standpoint. But Kyle Benrip from the Star, who does an outstanding job covering preps here in our market, uh, he mentioned that Whiteland, it was a Whiteland and Kokomo, was that the game? Uh, that game coming up on Friday night has already been pushed to 8 o'clock due to heat. Yeah. So trying to get a little bit deeper. That's going to happen all over, right? End of the day, um, you know, he tweeted out a picture of North Central practicing Ooh. this morning instead of this afternoon. Um, so I do think keep an eye on that. Whether and again, th- these are just football, obviously from a soccer standpoint, cross country, tennis. Uh, I don't know, girls golf. I'm trying to think of all your other outdoor fall sports, but certainly. Uh, with seemingly the temperatures only getting warmer as the week moves along. Uh, Keep an eye on that, and we'll continue to monitor what week two of the high school schedule looks like coming up on Friday night because I have a feeling uh, we could have many games that probably are pushed to 8 o'clock. Yeah, Mark, do you have the red sound or the Reds did not play last night? We whoa, didn't. We whoa, didn't, we didn't uh, they they were play. postponed in Anaheim. I mean, we didn't get any red sounder earlier today. I, I saw Mark chirping about Reds postseason tickets <laughs> Well, I got Twitter an email yesterday. in my You damn right said, he did. It said, you know, hey, you want postseason tickets? It's called preparation. Yeah. Well, I would maybe say Failure to prepare break. is what? What's that saying? Failed to prepare is preparing to fail. Thank you. <laughs> Slap the sign as you Someone leave the high the, school weight the room. The Reds are leading the ladder of that category at the moment. 
Well, everybody does do this. I appreciate Mark wanting to rip the Reds because that makes that makes me like Mark even mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. when he rips the Reds. But everyone sends out unless is you're this a Yankee. Coming from a Yankees yeah, fan. Yeah, well, now, th- now they're not sending that out. They're not sending out. Hey, get your uh, get your playoff tickets. The Reds are so congratulations to them. They didn't play. Uh, they got a doubleheader coming up. Just read off the scores. Andy. Yeah, Mar- Marlins God. loser six two last night. Who else do you guys want? Uh, we want the Cardinals. They lost by ten the runs last back, night. Diamondbacks are the, looking your good. Your Diamondbacks won 4-3. Congra- you know what? Congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, thank you. It doesn't thank it need to be much. said thank you, Mark? Congratulations. How By the way, Kevin's A's play, I'm sure they're like at 80 losses at I think this they got a win. Did they? Did they? Rare air. <laughs> yes, they did. Six four over the Royals. Oh, I, what a what that, a slugfest wait, that is! is that, Royals is, and A's. Is, is it's a that W. The, is that the bottom of sports last night? Yeah, Royals. Okay, Royals and A's, mm-hmm. or the Commanders in preseason no, no, game Royals number A's. two, no. taunting the Ravens and doing the you're lo- you're losers to them as they won a preseason game and they all stormed the yeah, field. Joey Which Sly, one? He, he threw up the L, did he not? He threw. He did throw up the L. I mean, that's like something I feel like Rosie could do to somebody on her playground later <laughs> later today. It's also something that I don't know how many grown-ups are throwing the L no. up to another grown-up. That's a kicker thing. Can't hey, say you're I've a kicker. seen that. Yeah. Then he busts out the uh, the gritty after that. Uh, by the way, you can trade when guys are on the pup list. I, was okay. just, I just, go- just use the power of Google when you were talking to Steve. Yeah, well, thank you for, yes. for doing my job there. I probably should have done it myself. Um, I had more of the medical question because I do think that's a huge factor in this. I mean, if you're the Eagles, oh, percent show me everything. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm, let me I'm with you. you. Let me do, and I don't know. Are you allowed to do all that again? If you're Taylor and you want to satisfy the team that you're seemingly trying to be traded to, you would think you would say whatever you guys needed medically. Here you go. You know, X-ray, MRI. No, we're going to find out if it's cetera, real or not. Yes. I mean, we're going to find out if it's a real injury, and if so, how real of an injury it is. Uh, I mean, that, that affects the price. I mean, Jonathan Taylor cannot be damaged goods entering uh, and you know entering your facility for as much as we've talked about McCaffrey. McCaffrey last year was healthy. I think it was a great question you asked, Stephen. Is Jonathan Taylor still in Philadelphia? <laughs> I'm imagining, like, you know, whatever, Jim Bob Cooter being like, all right, running backs, time to meet over yeah. here. And Jonathan's like, oh, yeah, I got to Zoom yeah, I, with uh, Howie Roseman. Or actually, oh. I'm just going over to meet with Howie Roseman on the other side of the practice field. Don't do it, Jonathan. Don't take their deal. They, uh, they go. Colts practice in 90 minutes. Again, Shane Seiko will meet the media a little bit later in Philadelphia. We'll certainly recap uh, that with Nate Atkins coming up tomorrow on the show. On the other side, Andy, I know I wanted to talk a little bit about the honoring of the contract, and yes. you wanted to go a little rebuild action. I mean, we can do rebuild action, but I mean, I think that question is it a. I think they wanted to do. Yeah, I, I'll do it after the break. I think. Everyone, no one wants to just rebuild. You want to retool. You want to rebrand. You want to throw that out there. But I mean, let's reload, be, right? Reload. Isn't that the PR spin on it? Yeah, you have to load. You have to be loaded to reload at some point. And I don't think that's been the Colts as well. He is Andy Sweeney. I am Kevin Bowen. This is the wake up call with KB and Andy. As always, Mark Dykeden on it, even if he's not playing red zone or audio oh, here. Wait till they lose the next game on this steamy, steamy Tuesday here in Indianapolis. It's uh, the wake up call. KB and Andy, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, fun Tuesday, hanging out with you. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton, hanging out with you on the fan, 93.5-1075. It's the wake-up call. We got you 7 to 10. Query and company at noon. The Godfather, JMV, who I don't know if it's good or bad. At 5.58, all the stories broke with him uh, at 5.58 yesterday. Obviously, we've been talking and appreciate Stephen Holder. May replace some of that coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. I thought he was fantastic, KB, on uh, just you know the outlook of J of JT, where he could go, what kind of uh, pull I guess uh, the Colts may look for. It's going to be a busy. What percentage? What kind of time frame do you believe we're looking at here? Oh boy, if it's I give be quick, you, right? if I give you, well, I'm giving you a week. It happens on, or does it happen on the weekend? But I mean, you'd have to think uh, selfishly. It'd be great if it happened on a Thursday or Friday for <laughs> us. Right, exactly. Maybe at eight. Maybe at eight a.m. would be fantastic. Yeah, let's go six thirty a.m. Um, yeah, it's got to happen soon. You know, I I think throughout the month of August, we've said, okay, where's the timeline? When do decisions need to happen? When, you know, when are we going to get some clarity on this? When are the final grains going to be going through the hourglass? Because right now, it seems like there's still a whole lot of grains um, going through that hourglass. Um, a week from today, Andy, 4 o'clock, you've got to make a decision on the pup list with Taylor. Again, you've got to remove him from that pup list if he's going to play week one. Uh, if not, if he stays on it, then he's out for the least the first four games of the season. So in the next seven days, put the trade thing to the side. You've got to, again, get him off that pup list. Now, there's really not a lot of timelines, I think, in the next like 72, maybe even like 96 hours. Because as we've pointed out, the Colts are getting on the practice field at 10 a.m. today. It's their only practice of the week. Mm-hmm. They got a preseason right. finale on Thursday. Maybe they practice Saturday or Sunday, but that'd be the earliest they get back to practice. So, unless Shane Sykin all of a sudden wants to be an open book at noon today, I don't think we're going to get a lot from the Colts on this or, again, Taylor on it. So, I guess to answer your question, I would think in the next seven, maybe ten days, we want to stretch it out that far because I'd assume if you're the team doing the trading for Jonathan Taylor, you're going to want him to practice as soon as possible because we're getting to the point starting this weekend two weeks from week one yeah and when you mentioned the pup list you know it's interesting we've talked about thus far today we've talked about him going to good teams we've talked about the we've talked about I don't know I, I've talked about the Eagles because I just I would be sick to my stomach if they got him but we've talked about the Miami Dolphins right an hour ago KB we talked about the Miami Dolphins and then you brought up the Arizona Cardinals okay not a good team they're on the team on the different end of the spectrum and it's like both of those teams could could be okay with Jonathan Taylor's injury if he does have an injury with him starting on the pup list, right? Because you have one team that's in a full rebuilding mode but in Arizona. That the trade package, though? Uh, I think it probably has to, yeah. But, I mean, that, that's a, that's the situation we're in because we don't know exactly what's happening here. We don't know what that injury looks like. No, and I, I guess I do want to double back on the point I made right before the break of you know, hearing people that say you signed the contract, you must honor it. And I brought up the where were those people talking about Leonard, Nelson, Hines, Braden Smith, right. etc. And Daniel points out here, which is a very fine statement to to say. Daniel goes, How many of those players that you just mentioned held out? Well, none of them did. And again, I would argue that 
all of them got the extensions or knew they were going to get extensions. Jonathan Taylor's frustration publicly first bubbled in June. All of those guys ended up getting contract extensions that I mentioned. Taylor clearly got an impression for the Colts or was either told by the Colts he wasn't going to get an extension back in the summer, early in the summer, mm-hmm. late spring, I guess you want to get technical. So I think that's where he first had this, oh boy, this is not going to happen. And why did it happen for all those other guys, but it's not going to happen for me? And so I think that's where um, he's first started to have this inkling. And then I go back to the honoring of the whole contract. I think... <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky one. I think it's twofold because Chris Ballard has on the Ballard epitaph. One day it'll say draft and retain. That is his big mantra. We're going to build with homegrown talent. All of that. We're going to if you exceed your value on your rookie contract, we're going to re-sign you. That's been his norm throughout his first six years as general manager, and I understand Ballard's thinking on that because when you do that. You obviously build a team and a culture with people that have only been in your NFL building. That is enticing. You also send a message to everybody else in your locker room. If I'm the rookie and you're the veteran and you're Andy Sweeney and you've played for three years in the league and you've outperformed your rookie deal and you're a two-time Pro Bowler and I'm the rookie and I see you get a contract extension three years in, I'm like, damn, I could have sworn I saw him sign a contract that was worth this and now he's making that. I wonder why he is. Oh, wait. He worked hard, and he produced, and he out outperformed. If I do that, I will get rewarded as well. I, I hate comparing the NFL to like other jobs, but I guess for our job, Andy, if we hit certain bonuses from a click standpoint on the website or our ratings improve, then we will see a bonus or two. Like That's what happens when you overachieve and you exceed the expectations, the return on investment. And to me, that's what Chris Ballard has done. And that's where Taylor's frustration lies. Again, putting the injury to the side, the Colts, I don't think we're giving him an extension, even if he were healthy. I I, I feel comfortable in saying that. Um, now that camp has reached deeper stages and we're deeper into the month of August, the injury topic has seemingly come up more and more. But when I heard Jim Mercer talk the other night in the booth, I didn't hear any mention Mm-mm. Of an injury, so no. I think you just start calming the waters in the twenty four hours. Hey, go find a trade partner. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> basically, I, I I just can't say that he signed a contract four years ago. He should honor it. There's been numerous examples of guys in that building that have not had to honor all four years of it, and at the same time, Taylor has exceeded that, and the Colts have the money to spend. So I get where Taylor is frustrated with that. Guy reached out on Twitter and says, maybe the Colts are just getting out in front of any PR crisis when he's traded. Look like it's all uh, Jonathan Taylor's fault. Well, I would say here that everyone's going to suffer PR-wise. Right? There's no one that's coming out of this clean. The Colts are a worse team. I mean, Uh, the only way you calm the waters, Andy, is wouldn't be an extension for Taylor and him staying here? Wouldn't that appease Taylor? And I don't think you'd have a lot of gripes from the fan base with that. I know, which is weird because I know a lot of the fan base, I think, sides with management right Mm -hmm. now more than anything. But if all of a sudden you got word tomorrow that Jonathan Taylor signed a. Go with your contract. Three years. Three year 39 million. 39 million. Go with your number. I don't think we'd have lit up phone lines of people upset about that. No. 
No, and again, what Chubb, you got that from Chubb who signed the three-year 36, right? 36-6, what, a year or so ago? Yeah. Nick Chubb. It was following Chubb because I think they're similar style running backs. They're first and second down guys, you know, similar ages. Um, So, yes, it it is going off the cap, obviously increasing a little bit is why I tacked on an extra million on that. One thing Holder talked about, and, and this is like... Like, I wonder this from a, a, a Colts standpoint, and I've always said this in my radio career. It's like, us as fans can talk about something. It's easy to talk about something, and then you have to go through it, right? And, I mean, are Colts fans ready f- potentially for this season? Like, like, I'm just, I'm asking, are you ready for this season? If Jonathan Taylor, because I even think getting ready, everyone's kind of held out hope, haven't you? I mean, maybe you haven't, KB, but I feel like... Just I'm, assuming that well, Taylor would be well, there week that one. He, yeah, that eventually, even if he started the season on the pup list, okay? Uh, in the first four games, you know you're not going to be a great team, but you would get him back, uh, and then he would get those numbers in, a, in, a, in, a, in an offense that wants to run the football, and then you can kind of massage things. And it wasn't that kind of maybe, 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 what Ursay was alluding to in the booth on Saturday night, that, you know, calmer waters we can get in a room and we can kind of fit you know we can get by this and we can at least figure it out right for this season so this season can make sense Uh, and that's the way I have viewed it that hey the Colts still hold the trump cards here you know they still have more of the power here and ultimately we'll see what happens with the trades but that that's kind of been my thing that our Colts fans if Jonathan Taylor is not here and I know Moss can be back you mentioned we Week one, week two, whatever it may be, and he's very much a backup running back. Sure, I don't want to compare yeah. the two. No, but yeah. you're just saying yeah. there's there's more there than what they have right now. F- fair enough, but what they have is not good at running back. I mean, it's it's not good enough uh, at running back. So you have a new coach, you have a new system, you have a new quarterback who's got 13 starts, who missed a practice, who uh, didn't play in one preseason game, and good God, now he's up against the Eagles in another preseason game, and you have all of that. You have questions, and rightfully so. All, you know, on the offensive line, we just talked about the running backs. Listen, I, I like the wide receivers, uh, you know, enough for the Colts. I mean, yes, obviously they don't have the top wide receiving core in the country. On defense, that's going to be a little bit of a question. You're very young uh, at the corner position. I don't know. I mean, I, I just it's easy to kind of say these things, and we always do this. We do well, best case scenario. And I think there are some best case scenarios, you know? I mean, Pittman's a really good player. Downs is a good player. The maturation of Richardson. There's going to be guys I'm not talking about that are going to pop this season. They're like, damn, this is a pretty good player. Okay, the Colts got something here. And it might be a draft pick. It might not. Um, but I just, I feel like, I, I feel like you better hunker down a little bit. And, and and is it a rebuild? I mean, if it's not a rebuild, what, what would it be? And then we, last thing on this we were going to talk about this today but things happen with Jonathan Taylor you were going to ask me because on the air last week I had mentioned multiple times I'm a Richardson guy yeah uh, and you and that's one thing we were going to talk about and one of my reasons uh what you know with Richardson was Dude, you're starting over. Like, I view it as, yes, you have talent. Everyone's got some talent. People do this in the NBA. You guys have seen some good NBA and you've seen some bad NBA, okay? Well, someone's got to average 20 points a game on a bad NBA team. <laughs> someone's got someone's to catch the ball on a bad football team or run the football on a bad, you know, on a mediocre football team. Like, I, I, I think the Colts are at the... I, I, I think the Colts are at the beginning of 
of of a lot of this. Uh, that that's how. You know, if you want to call that a rebuild, you can. Um, you don't have to if it makes you feel better. But there is a serious retooling here. Letting Ballard do that—that's a question. Do you give someone else money early, like a Pittman? Do you give him money? I mean, these are things that we yeah. can t- that we can talk about, given that you have money. But you wake up today, and the chance of having Jonathan Taylor has went down percentage points quite a bit since you know maybe a week ago, maybe five days ago, maybe. Two days ago, let's uh, l- l- let's get to Brian. Mark, you said the uh, Brian uh, believes the Colts are wrong in this situation. Uh, Brian, uh, thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and this Colts drama? Well, I, I think it all goes back to the owner, and when you have a owner that's not very smart, your owner is supposed to hire or d- does hire their managers. Their managers do their job. Well, if your manager is smarter than the owner and he convinces him that what he's doing's right, like you said on not signing Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor to the three-year $39 million deal, Ballard convinces him because he doesn't know any better. I, I just think it starts all the way at the top because listening to the owner at the game the other night talking about Jack Nicholas's putter who cares? <laughs> I forgot he mentioned Nicholas's putter. I wouldn't mind seeing that, by the way. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. A lot of talk about Jack Wales Nicholas's and Nicholas's putter and probably not a lot of Jonathan Taylor <laughs> contract talks here. I, going back to the tail and on the Ursay front, I do think there's an element, and we can get into this a little bit more, Andy, of he wants to carry the CBA flag. He wants to carry the owner flag with this. And you don't say, want to be the you don't want to be the Browns exactly with what they he did was with Deshaun Watson. So upset with the Haslam family sure he was. And, and how they guaranteed the the full contract for Watson and the precedent that potentially sets now moving forward. And he doesn't want to do that at the running back spot. I do think the Taylor frustration is this, Andy. From afar, last year you saw it. Hopefully you didn't watch it very often. But I guess you did see it when your Giants played the Colts in one of the last games of the season. The Colts are one of the most historically inept offenses we've seen in this league in quite some time last season. Stats back that up. They were incredibly incompetent. Jonathan Taylor's the fifth highest paid player on the offense. Right. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's the yeah. fifth highest paid player on the Colts offense. I mean, I don't think if we did a poll right now and named the Colts' best offensive player, Jonathan Taylor would get 75% of the vote. Quentin Nelson would get 20%, and 5% of people would just vote for other people just to be. <laughs> oh, I think it would be higher than that. Be with Jonathan Taylor. Like, right. It's that is where the frustration lies. And so um, I think I understand that side of it. And to me, you're in such a critical juncture with Anthony Richardson. That's where my worry is of, are you risking him walking into a situation where you're not supporting him enough? These are conversations we got in in recent weeks, but Andy, like when Ursay first talked about this, the night of the trade request, and he brought up Marshall Falk and he brought up Edron James, to me, I can't make those comps right now because comparing Peyton Manning year one with Marshall Falk or year eight with Edron James exiting... That is laugh out loud to compare Manning to Richardson. Because that's what you're doing. Well, let me give you another one. Steichen was just with the Eagles. Everyone's going, well, you know, and I've even said this. Well, he coached Jalen Hurts. Now he can coach Anthony Richardson. I mean, the the Eagles have a loaded roster around Jalen Hurts. And they let Miles Sanders walk, but they still have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Any of those three players? Well, they went on Got Swift as well, too. 
any of those three would walk into Indy and be the best well, skill on. player. So yeah. that's where, again, the cupboard has got to be somewhat stocked. Manning had it very stocked, even with moving on from Falk. Because they, what did they do? They turned around and they drafted Edrin to pair mm-hmm. with Marvin and obviously had Tart Glenn. And then when Edrin walked, or, or the, the Colts let him walk, I guess, you know, seven years into his career, whatever it was, you had Marvin, you had Reggie, you had Dallas, you drafted Joseph Adai in that next year. And again, we're talking about Peyton, Bleep, and Manning exiting college versus Anthony Richardson is it exiting college. Is it fair to ask, and by the way, if you want to hop in, 317-239-1070, is it, is it, is it unfair for me to ask what, what the coaching staff thinks of Jonathan Taylor? No, I, I think the question that I asked Stephen Holder, and let's get into this a little bit on the other side. The question I asked Stephen Holder, what has changed? I brought up the Hard Knocks clip. I think a lot of our audience will remember that of Chris Ballard and Scotty Montgomery sitting in that running back room and they're watching film of Taylor and it's just two football, you can just tell, two football guys having a conversation. Ball. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Ballard just sitting there and he's like, he is a top five offensive weapon in this league. He gets better as the game goes along. He's just an absolute playmaker. And for it to now be here... What has changed? And I do think, to your point, a presence of Sykin, a challenging a philosophy, 4-12-1 and 12 and one has hit you, well, Shaquille the, Leonard's the, got hurt. Yeah. There, there's a the lot running back storyline. Yeah. I think you can point to in the last 18 months or so. He is Andy Sweeney. It is at the only Sweeney on Twitter if you want to join the conversation there. Again, at KBO and 1070 on Twitter for myself. It is an extremely muggy Tuesday here in Indianapolis, so keep an eye. Weather-related activities, certainly outdoors. I know some high school football practices have been flip-flopped to the morning, and we've already got some game times for Friday night being pushed to other times as well. 317-239-1070. We'll continue this conversation. Also give away a spot in our Fantasy League coming up in the 9 o'clock. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Is that Andrew WK? Is that who it is? How about that? That's a throwback. I think that was a popular it. song in like Madden 04. Yeah, that's about right. Wasn't uh, Madden 04 the one that didn't go over as well? Didn't they have the one with T.O., the other game? Remember the NFL game that used to rival? Oh, ESPN, whatever it was, ESPN football. Or yeah, it was. Is that what it was? I'm picturing Vic on the cover of like Madden 04. I have absolutely no. I, I have absolutely no idea. I, I just remember there being one with there T.O. Was one with and that, T.O. Yeah, you know was, what I'm the, talking about. Yeah, I had that one for like the original Xbox. It was the uh, it was like ESPN theme. So it was like the ESPN announcers with T.O. on the cover. Well, there you go. We accomplished that. Short segment coming up. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. You want to go to the phone lines? Yeah. Uh, let's grab. You said Terry Mark. Yep. What's up, Terry? Good morning, boys. H- how we doing? Hey, Andy. Uh, welcome. To Thank you. Thank you, man. You are. You are high energy, my man, and you are a welcome uh, fella. Well, I appreciate it. Those are kind words. You're not supposed to say nice things to radio guys. It's supposed to be, you stink, you suck, get out of my town, but I appreciate it. Yeah, so my my message is, it's a soft tank. It's a soft tank. 
It's a Marvin Harrison Jr. Ooh, big like time it. effort to steer us into a four and thirteen, and we're going to get a fabulous receiver. Jonathan Taylor doesn't fit the plan. He's not a third down back. He doesn't catch very well. Not bad, but not extremely well. He's not a great blocker. Why would we want to risk $36 million on a guy that doesn't really fit the plan? And we don't really even know if his ankle's fixed. So that's all I got to say, boys. Again, welcome, Andy. And uh, how about Jake getting the afternoon show? Is that is that fabulous for you, KB? Well, it certainly makes my brain uh, sleep a little easier at, at night thinking, oh boy, which path, which highway of 465 is Jake going to take us down on this Tuesday or Wednesday morning? But no, as I said, I think it's great for the station. I think Jake uh, having that established brand from noon to three makes total sense. And Andy, if I'm you, did Terry say welcome fella? I, you might want to add that to like your Twitter profile oh, nice. or your LinkedIn page there. To be called fella? Welcomed, what? fella. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. Nice things being said to sports radio guys. How about that? I like a lot of what Terry said there on the soft tank. The ideal situation for this season is four wins. Anthony Richardson shows more than a few flashes, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is the pick in late April. That is like, to me, that's that a is, dream scenario that if it is happens. Dream. Right. That is an absolute dream. Um, obviously, he had a lot of pushback on Taylor doesn't fit the plan. You're sitting on 19 million in cap space. My argument to that would be, and again, I feel like when I say this stuff, I'm putting the injury to the side, which is such a huge caveat with this. But where are you spending the 19 million in cap space? Right. You can make the. You can have a team moving forward with Michael Pittman Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jonathan Taylor if you're getting a top three pick next year. That is realistic, and that is financially realistic. You know why? Because your quarterback doesn't make a lot of money, your left tackle doesn't make a lot of money, and your pass rusher doesn't make a lot of money, and you're not paying any corner major money. So you can make this work. We live in a reality in this NFL market, Andy, where we think you have to be frugal. Other markets don't have to be frugal. You don't have to. We live in a penny... uh, Are there pennies under that couch? We live in that market with Chris Bowden and Jim Mercer running the show. That's not reality. And so that's where my argument comes into this of you can support in a way that you're not penny pinching. I know we got to go to break. Just if you're going to penny pinch, then you got to nail the draft. Then you got to nail the draft because those guys you're not paying money for for three, four years, whatever it is. You got to nail it. And you have to nail the positions that support Richardson the most. And to me, that's where Taylor is a little bit different. I get the third down skepticism, certainly, on that. But again, a front loading three years for $39 million, to me, when you're sitting on $19 million in cap space, does not hamstring you moving forward. We'll see in the conversation, the nine o'clock hour, the wake up call with KB and Andy. All right, 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. The wake-up call, hanging out on the drivehubler.com studios. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton, hanging out. Another hour to go. Uh, the podcast up and everything uh, after the show. Appreciate you guys joining us, whether that be uh, on air, on the stream, in the YouTube as well. Now, we are going to give away. Now, we have the pop quiz, right? So, we have a giveaway there, uh, and we have this uh, fantasy football draft, and we're doing that next Thursday, I believe, right? Yeah. And, I- and we want to give away that we want to give away another spot into that, I believe. Correct. So we'll do that at some point in the 9 o'clock hour. Okay. I think we should do it to the YouTube audience today. It's a passionate group in I'm there. fine with it's that. It's always a fired up group. So we will give away our, I guess it would be our fifth spot. Three of us obviously will be in the league, but we'll do that here 
at some point in the 9 o'clock hour. I did peek into the chat, uh, which was not nice to me. A lot of people say I have a strip club DJ voice, <laughs> uh, which, I, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, I mean, NBA Can you give us games? a little of that? Like, what would that sound like? NBA well, All-Star Games coming up in February. Hey, the Red Garter could maybe use you over there, Lucas Oil. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all about that. I mean, I guess yeah, if no, that's the case, but how many, how many of the guys a, are going to a strip club? That's what I'm asking Give us well. a now on the poll is Cassandra. Now on the poll, coming to the poll is Cassandra. Reminder, two for three Bud Lights. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. Next on the fan. I'm sure yeah. the fan wants to be associated with that. No, the Red Garter is a great establishment there. Uh, Matt goes, why is the owners 100% on Ballard? JT missed six games. I don't... I, I, it's not 100% on Ballard. Both parties have got certainly leverages that you label in the pros and the cons. Um, have we seen a report on Jonathan Taylor wanting $16 million a year? I, I don't. I feel like of the one element of this Taylor story that has not been something accurately reported. Well, it's fr- the Taylor. Like, uh, can it's you show me Schefter doing that? Can you show me Rappaport doing that? No. You know the, the other people that have been on top of this. I have not seen that from a very reliable. Um, source. Well, isn't that the thing that is frustrating with all of this is all the unknowns. I know we're going to play the sound later on. Stephen Holder was on with us in the uh, at about 8.30 and you ask him, well, what's changed? And, you know, he gives his theories on what has happened here. We don't know about the injury. We don't know the teams that have looked into Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and we don't know a lot of what's going on. The conversations uh, Greg Doyle wrote today, hey, you know, what, 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 what was said that kind of pissed everybody off here? What did Taylor's camp say that maybe turned the Colts off. We don't know that. Uh, it's just frustrating. What I said in the seven o'clock hour is it's just it's 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 frustrating because um, there's just not going to be a lot of winning here. And and I just thought that you know maybe you can massage the Taylor thing. Maybe you can give him a sweetheart deal. Maybe you can do something, KB, to get this guy in here uh, and to help Anthony Richardson. And that's not going to be the case. And everyone's to blame. The Colts are to blame. Ursay to blame. Uh, an injury last year is to blame. No doubt the changing of agents and Jonathan Taylor's camp is to blame. And so we talked about it. We've been talking about it all day. We sit here today. Uh, and I thought the caller in the last hour, and by the way, 317-219-1070. Excuse me. I knew that didn't sound right. 239-1070 if you want to hop in. Like to like to me, maybe it, maybe it's a, if they don't, if they don't want to just come out and say, hey, it's going to be a frustrating Frustrating year. It's going to be. It's going to be a down year. It's going to be a rebuild. Um, you know, that's the way I'm leaning. And then something that we kind of organically got into last segment. And I think there's something to this. And maybe tomorrow, if something else, you know, ridiculous doesn't happen in all this, KB is the coaching staff angle. Uh, and and I, listen, I think it's a real angle. We don't know what Steichen and his staff thinks of Jonathan Taylor. They can say, "Ah, oh, he's a great player." Of course, he's a great player. But that doesn't mean the great player is going to fit your system and is going to fit your system long term. And so when you say, well, why not give them three for 39? Well, that might be the reason, right? Now, it might be that they feel like they have to penny pinch. You guys would know that much better than I. But, I, you know, to me, to me, it's just it's just really frustrating. And fans can, you know, you can get jacked up and say, 
Marvin Harrison Jr. And that, hey, now that turns everyone on, doesn't it? Marvin Harrison Jr. Certainly in this market. I mean, absolutely in this market, but you're going to have to go through that type of year, and that's not easy to go through for 17 weeks in the NFL, and we no, know it's that. Not, but you know what? You went through 3-13 and 13 in Manning's first year, and, yeah. and maybe living it when social media is alive and well will be more difficult, but I, I, I think it's hard to say in the here and now, Andy, but the only thing that matters is, do you get Anthony Richardson right or not? In 5, 7, 12 years, that will be the story. Did Anthony Richardson work out or not? We right. will have no more arguments about how much you paid or didn't pay Jonathan Taylor. You're going to have no arguments about soft tank and this and that. It is simply, did you get him right or not? And that, to me, is where every decision comes back to. I'm not going to sit here and lose sleep over... 15 million or 13 million a year if that's the difference between retaining a great player or not. Again, the injury situation has got to be a factor, but if you put that on the back burner, you're just simply debating finances here. I can't get that caught up and worked up over a little bit of 2 million per year when you're talking about the shape of your franchise for the next decade uh, because it's too important. It's why Jacksonville did the things that everybody in the NFL world laughed at last offseason. They said, how much are you paying Evan Ingram? Mm-hmm. How much are you paying Zay Jones? Right. How much are you paying Christian Kirk? Well, they did that because Trevor Lawrence was in an extremely fragile state exiting Urban Meyer after year one. Ooh. And if you didn't get Trevor right last year, then you might never get him right. And so that's why they did something that, again, a lot of people were like, overpay, overpay, overpay. And now look at it. Do you think, and the answer to this is probably yes, uh, do you think that we're going to get more information? If he's traded, let's say he's traded over the weekend, whenever. If you want to say Friday, Saturday, if it's next Monday. Well, it better not be the damn weekend. I'm with you. But if he's traded... Do you think then we get leaks uh, like, well, you know, the, the coaching staff wasn't in love with him? Or yes, so, yeah. something yeah, yeah. something from the Colts. Now, whether it's true or not, it's going to be their spin. It's going to be their message that they're going to want out. Do you think that's something that we get? Definitely. I mean, you go back to the first day of camp, and Chris Boward on that first day is still saying you pay great players no matter the position that they play. Earlier this year, Jim is calling Jonathan Taylor special. Ballard yeah. is talking about those sorts of comments. You know, I brought, I brought up the Hard Knocks clip. So, again, what has changed in that? Has Taylor's injury worsened? I'll go back to what I said in the opening segment. I've heard two ends of the spectrum. I've heard he's in Europe getting treatment, and I've heard he could go tomorrow if, if, if he needed. I mean, there's so much gray area with this Taylor injury. But what's changed in the last eight months? The arrival of Shane Sykin? And I I am not one of these, because you have Anthony Richardson, you don't need Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Colts fans, you have just had so many issues over the years about all the hits Andrew Luck took. You want Anthony Richardson running it 20 times a game like he's Navy's quarterback? (laughs) Is that because because they play Notre Dame? Is that what's going on there? I I have a gripe about Saturday in in that game in Dublin, by the way. Why can't it be a morning? Start time. What time is the game? I guess it's, our time. I have no the, idea. It's in the normal 2.30 slot. I like the 2.30 over there. Give me 9.30 here. I, hey, listen, I'm all about some morning football. Appointment yeah. morning television. We're going to get it next week with Team USA in the Philippines. Those games start at 8.45. Now, again, we're being very selfish with that because we have uh, work schedules that don't follow a normal 9-to-5 <laughs> script there. Speaking of selfish, the worst trade scenario, like if, if a trade for Jonathan Taylor goes down, the worst case for us is he gets traded at 10.02 on a Friday. 
No, oh, don't, Mark. I'm just telling you. Why'd you even put it out worse, into the universe? That'd be worse than a weekend. It'd be Friday at 10.02, and it's like three days old at that point. What's the legalities of us bumping Chris Carlin, filling in for Greeny? And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we go just an said, extra hour. And we just we go an extra hour or two. I don't know the legalities. Um, Over under third round pick for realistic trade value. Okay, so uh, over would be first, second, or third, right? Correct. Or, 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 so the Colts man. reportedly... Think yeah. or want, I, I don't know the exact term to use, a first-rounder or a trade package of picks that add up to a first-rounder. Uh, may, may, maybe let me let me, uh, yeah, let me no, change Yeah, go that. ahead. McCaffrey was 2-3-4-5. Second, third, and fourth in this year's draft, a fifth-rounder in next year's draft. Based off what Christian McCaffrey was traded for midway through last season, 2-3-4-5. Less. You say yeah. what for Taylor? Yeah, I don't think they're going to get as much as that. Do you? So take away a second? Yeah, uh, take away... And uh, leave the rest? Uh, take away, yeah, take away a second and leave the rest. Let's, let's, three, four, five. Three, four, and five. What do you guys think about that? If you are not willing or wanting to extend him, I do it in a heartbeat. I would agree with you. How would how do people react? I know we have loaded lines. How do people react? Man, I, I don't prospects know. don't turn me on like they used to I the know, draft picks, I know, man. I know, but I think you have to have this thinking. If you're not extending him, he walks for nothing. Right. So you have a third, fourth, and fifth. Do you package the third and fifth to get into the back end of the second? I know we there are Chris Boward second-round draft picks that haven't worked out. He's also had a lot of hits, mm-hmm. to be fair, in that second That's round. That's a valuable pick. And to me... Again, you are trying to support number five, Anthony Richardson, early. I've heard I've heard some people say this, and we're getting a little bit into the weeds of the NFL, um, how you build and whatnot. But I think most people realize the, the compensatory pick, basically how that works. If if you let Jonathan Taylor hit free agency uh, coming up next spring, and then he signs a significant contract elsewhere, the Colts would then get like a twenty twenty five mm-hmm. third or fourth round pick. But again, Andy. That's 2025. I want the 2024 pick because I want to help Richardson as early as possible because I view this time as the most what, critical. What about a 2024 pick and then a 2025? Like They're both third-round picks, but the 2025 one has conditions attached to it. Would you still do it? So two third-rounders? Yes. One this, one in this coming April. And then one in 2025, but one with conditions attached. I could, I could probably get behind that, yeah. Okay. KB's ready. I don't want to say you're ready to move on, but if there's something well, out well, there I, draft I, pick wise, you are ready to move I'm on. I'm ready to move on if they're ready to move on. Let me be clear. I, I've been on the record saying three for 39. Right. Because Bring him in, right. I, I want the cupboard to be as stocked as possible. I think it's clear they're ready to move on, is it not? I mean, what what part of their actions have, have told us that, that they're not ready to move on? They didn't they didn't offer him. They've said some things publicly. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just searching for something. Maybe it was behind the scenes but i mean it was calmer waters on saturday night and tuesday you know monday night it's hey it's go you know go find a trade partner go back to saturday night and ursay's comments andy i mentioned earlier he doesn't bring up the injury at all in the two minutes talking about taylor the other thing he doesn't bring up at all a long-term future with him an extension a he's going to be here and beyond when ursay has talked about taylor twice this offseason one on saturday night one on the first saturday of training camp when taylor made the trade request to him there was nothing about 2024 it was all about 2023 and it was all about this here right now in the present so i've never heard from ursa a guy that's willing to go anywhere when he opens his mouth he's (laughs) never said anything about 2024 and beyond so again i don't think but i feel like we've got words and now actions that back that up i don't think the colts 
want to extend him. I think it's. I mean, I think it's becoming clear. By the way, I said this on the air. I know it's only my second day here on the show. That Jim Mercy bus. I got to get on that bus, KB. Do, oh, yeah. do, do you understand what I'm saying? I got to get on that bus. Um, now, I think I would be afraid of be afraid to like touch things and break things. I've been on <laughs> his yacht in Florida at an owner's meeting with Stephen Holder, actually. We had to take our shoes off before going on said yacht. You had to take your shoes off before going on the yacht. Did you put the booties on? Like the booties <laughs> that don't get dirty and stuff? We, we did not. Br- no, I, Like I when a company not, comes to your house, they yeah, put the booties on? Look at the blue booties that they wear <laughs> around your house. Um, the yacht was previously owned by Usher. Okay, there you go. It had Usher. one of those doors where you just get close to it and it just opens. It just opens up. I'm like, I How would, about that? I would run into that door like all the time. We just installed. Max is crawling like none other. We just put in our baby gate upstairs. And I said to Maddie before I went to bed the other night, I go, my biggest fear is waking up tomorrow morning and running into this gate and, and falling like, over and, it. Well, falling over or breaking my toe. <laughs> breaking done, your toe. I've tripped over that before. By the way, Terry uh, McLaren. Turf toe. Banged from, up last night, right? From last night. That ain't good. Cathedral guy. How about that? Local I don't know why I just dro- I don't know why I dropped that in like that. The, like the Indianapolis audience needed to, needed to know that. Well, honestly, the memory of Terry McLaurin from last year was that Commanders Colts game. Andy, you probably weren't watching. At least I hope you weren't weren't watching. But Mark, remember the end of that game when Taylor Heineke was scrambling for his life and just chucks one up to Terry McLaurin. Uh-huh. Stephon Gilmore's in perfect position, <laughs> mm-hmm. and McLaurin brings yeah. that down. I wish that was audio the game. We thought we were We thought we were going to get Daniel Snyder and Jim Mercy fighting at halftime. We were hoping oh, that- be Octagon. fantastic. That was after Ursay kind of chirped a little bit because they're like, Ursay can say anything because he's yeah. got past his demons, so he's the guy that can go out front and say anything to Daniel Snyder. And we didn't get Which Carson I- Wentz, of course, in that game. He was uh, the worst player in NFL history at that yeah. point yeah. on that end. Um, all right, let's give away... You said you had a trivia question. Well, I mean, it's you want to throw out it's a, a throw it's a crappy one. Is that what we want to do? Is this for the YouTube audience? Crappy the trivia is YouTube better audience? than no trivia. So this is for a spot in our fantasy league. If you have interest in the YouTube chat, we will go off of the first answer that the eyes of Mark Dykton sees. Uh, so we're blame we're putting the blame on Mark. Say, then all blame the, on Mark. The, throwing me under the yeah, bus. The onus is going to Mark. Mark, any other parameters <laughs> you would like to set here before? Andy asks the question. No, just whoever gets the first correct answer. Do they need to then like DM you on Twitter? You think that's the best way to contact you? Are your DMs open on Twitter? I mean, given that you guys give your phone numbers off on air, uh, I would imagine you guys' DMs are also. Should they call or you want to go DMs? I'd say DMs because otherwise callers can be like, "I'm this guy, I'm this person." Okay, Mark, and your and your Twitter (laughs) Uh, at Mark D underscore one zero seven five. Okay. Mark D1075. Actually, no underscore. I'm sorry. I didn't even know my own Twitter handle. Mark D1075. Oh, There's no underscore. Falling I'm looking at our show one. I got this. Yeah, the show one has an underscore. The underscore is rough. And it's even worse when someone has the double underscore. Anyway. Jason, the YouTube chat goes, What if you're not on Twitter? You have to, by all means necessary, you have to find a way to contact Mark Dykton. Yes, you do. If you want the pri- if you want the prize and you want the glory, <laughs> you gotta you know give a buddy five bucks and say, "Hey, DM my man Mark." Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so everyone's going to be infatuated if the losses pile up here with Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I totally get it. You know, it could be a you know second pick, third, fourth, fifth. We shall see what happens with him. The question then today: uh, What is or who was the last? Uh, wide receiver that the Colts drafted in the first round. 
who was the last wide receiver the Indianapolis Colts drafted in the first round. So there you go, YouTube. Have fun. Google that and let us know who the winner is. Probably not a great memory if I'm going there on that end. (laughs) Is he still in the league? Oh, hell no. No, I think he's got to be somewhere. You think he's still in the league? Uh, Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I will not say where. Uh, Well, Wikipedia is telling me the Raiders. So he's got a shot with the Raiders. That just fits the Raiders. He's been on one, two, three, four, five, six, and this would be team number seven. Aiden O'Connell's throwing bombs to him. Yes, he is. Mark, do we have a winner? Oh, oh Jesus! No one <laughs> told me. We, you know what? I guess we should have told him what the here. I, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. Okay, I I'll it. write it down for I'm you. I'm looking right now. I got, I got, the, the chat's going crazy. It's a great point. First execution of Twitter here, going a little bit of a mixed bag. Carl M. Carl M. M. You're the first name I see with it open. So he was the first one to get it. That's what it says. Congra- uh, congratulations to Carl M. Now I need to know what Carl the M stands K. for. Yeah. Oh, Carl with a K. Uh huh. Like Carl Malone. Look at that. George Carl. Philip Dorsett. Yeah, boy, he's bounced around. Well, I remember him with the Colts. I remember him with the Patriots. I remember Texans, him maybe. With, I rem- yeah, I remember him with the Texans. But uh, he uh, he had a he had a cup of coffee with Jacksonville and Seattle. Both of those I do not remember. Corey brings up if you look back at the history of the Colts, they've never extended running backs. Uh, the issue, Corey, is Chris Bowd extended Naheem Hines. That's why Jonathan Taylor is upset. So, yes, if you go back to pre-Chris Bauer, they did, but under Ballard, they extended Hines, and that's where Jonathan Taylor's frustration lies. You know, it was interesting, Andy. I'll bring up this point. This kind of goes back to Taylor's leverage. There was a play back a few years ago against the Patriots where Carson Wentz couldn't throw the ball from me to Mark <laughs> in this primetime game. Colts are yeah. up 20 to nothing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the lead is just wilting. Primetime game, haven't beat the Patriots in eons, and now it's 2017. And there's two minutes to go, and you've got to run out the clock. And first and 10 happens, and Taylor gets two yards. So now it's second and eight. And mm-hmm. everybody in the building yep. knows that you're running it. And Belichick knows it, and Greg Olson knows it on the call. Everybody knows that they're running it. And Taylor gets to the hole. He's gained probably two yards at this point. So you're looking at maybe third and six. And at that point, doesn't Wentz have to throw it? And like, oh my gosh, right? all hell's going to break loose. And in the hole, it's Taylor with Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower staring at him. Those are two Pro Bowl players yeah. staring right at him. And Taylor, left foot in the ground. Those two go flying one way. Taylor cuts right, 67 yards the other way for a touchdown to put a cap on the game. It is one of the louder, better regular season moments inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. And that, to me, is the leverage that Taylor does have. The injuries have happened since. But if that Zach Moss... You don't get 67. You're, you're getting three, four yards tops. Absolutely. And, and what did the Colts just say in their announcement of Anthony Richardson as starter? He's a playmaker. Creating big plays in this league. That is why they felt like it was worthy to trade up for Taylor in the second round. That's why they feel like that separates him. And Andy, to the point that we brought up earlier about teams that have interest in him, it's why, reportedly, the Miami Dolphins are one of those teams. They've brought up the big plays of Taylor mm-hmm. and the age of him only being 24 years old. Now, again, I still think we're a long ways away from all of a sudden Miami and Indy agreeing on a trade and a contract situation and all of that. But that's the separator. You know, a lot of people, have, okay, dime a dozen, this and that. If you have elite quarterback play, elite receivers, tight ends, etc., you can get around that. But when you don't have that and you've got a 21-year-old quarterback, that's where I think 
19 million on cap space. I don't understand why you just sit on that. Listen, we agree with this. I, I just I don't I, the the narr- the narrative around running backs, I feel like is is kind of false. Is it fair to me to say that, KB, that it's kind of false because when people say, "Well, you know, you don't need you don't need a great running back to win the Super Bowl," and then they go to Mahomes. That that is unfair. Okay. Yes, you can build a team without running, without a high, high end running back, without putting a lot of capital, without putting a lot of money into the running back position. If you have this super team around him, okay. Or you may say, well, you know, you can build and you can have a couple uh, very solid running backs. Well, the Colts haven't built that way the last few years. You would not build that way if you had Jonathan Taylor, right? right? Now you're going to have backups and you're going to have competency. But a free agent running back isn't going to, you know, you know, you're not. They're going to have other options than if they know that it, that JT's going to carry the ball 300 plus times, and you know for certain that at least first and second down, this guy gets better. We you mentioned that this guy gets better. He gets better every single time uh, as you go. So I, I mean, to to me, there is this fallacy out there that. Because really elite teams, yes, if the Colts build a team that looks like the Kansas City Chiefs, then absolutely I can understand, okay, we can we can gamble, we can we can draft a guy in round number one, which the Chiefs did a couple years ago, and we can miss because we have all these great players and coaches and everything else that can blanket that, that can push that aside. And, and the Colts are the Colts are not that. Listen, I think it's got to the point to where it's it's a runaway storyline narrative within the NFL. And do I think it's absolutely a part of this conversation? I do. I, I don't know how much. That's why when you bring up three for 39, I'm like, let's go. Why would you not do that? <laughs> like to me, when you talk about an offensive weapon, but you know, I mean, the Eagles went out and, you know, the Eagles last year, they have Jalen Hurts, who obviously is a great runner, but I mean, they have three other guys that can run the football there. And, and obviously, Miles Sanders, they go make the move for Swift. Like, it, like it's one of those things where, okay, you're going to have three very solid guys, you know, Mark. Mark mentioned the Bears doing that. Okay, that's fine. Then that's what the Colts need to do. And right now, I mean, right now they have maybe one and, if Moss comes back. Maybe. And Andy, I, I want to raise my hand because I think there is certainly probably a section of our listening audience like, well, Kevin, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth with this in that I have said numerous times you don't draft a running back till day three. Like, I'm just a yeah, believer. Sure. First, second, and third round picks are people that should be in your building for eight to ten years. Those are your core Pillar, decade-long people you're trying to win with. But when you make the draft pick of Richardson, to me, now the goalposts have been moved. And that is, at all costs, you do everything you can to support him to the nth degree in these early years. And I think Richardson has got to be supported even more than a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. And those guys need a ton of support Mm -hmm. as well. But to me, Richardson needs even more. So that's where... I apologize because it is out of both sides of my mouth a little bit, but I can have the overall philosophy of no, 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 first, second, third round picks. Those guys need to have eight to 10 year shelf lives and running backs just don't. But in this case with Richardson, the skill group is way too barren to overlook that. Mark, you said we got to get to Mike. Yeah, Mike had a very interesting point. Mike, congrats on 
Having oh. an interesting point, according to Mark <laughs> Duncan. Saying. I can't wait to again, hear it. Again, the onus is on poor Mark over there. <laughs> it better be good. What's up, Mike? Not much. So, Mike, one thought that I had this morning as I've been listening is, are the Colts going to let JT and his agent go out and do all the legwork and then match this contract or one-up it a little bit? Is that possibly one of the ways that they're handling this is you go find your value and then we'll agree to it? Andy, that's something I threw to Stephen Holder. Yeah, you did. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not. Ag- I'm not Thank against. You, I'm not against that, and that's not a bad point, Mike. I just there you go, Mark. You did a good job. That's how you. you. That's how you screen calls well, in sports talk radio. DMing me Listen, the answer. I knew the YouTube word. chat has got to be roasting Mark for not having the proper order. Probably I was first. I picked. No, you weren't. Actually, <laughs> it doesn't go by. Oh, oh, they're saying on the YouTube someone yeah, was first. You know, they weren't. They refresh were, they were your. Well, no, you can blah, just blah, blah. you can just look right there and no, see who was you first. Do live chat. It's Carl. With a K one, uh, listen. It's not bad. I mean, the thing I thought of is is everyone is are the, are the Colts just kind of moved on and the coaching staff just kind of like now here's how we want to do things going forward, knowing that it's going to be a rebuild, a retooling, however you want to put it. And we we don't want to we don't want to say that because then everyone's going to hate the new coach because he doesn't like the best player on the team. You know, <laughs> That's kind of something that I thought of when this news broke last night. Again, I said smart, and what I said to Mike's point that he just brought up was, this is what you should do. You see what's out there, and maybe more importantly, Jonathan Taylor sees what is out there. Other teams, everyone's now an open book. Everything's out there, and everything is open, or at least it should be. And clearly, these sides are not close to being in an agreement. So if that's the case, you see what's out there, and then you reassess the situation after that. You want to play this Marcus Spears and Ryan Clark sound, uh, because, or do or do you want to tease that for the other side? Let's tease up the other side. We got to go morning check down and then the pop quiz, but we can play that certainly here coming up uh, to round things out in a bit. Here, let's sneak in a quick morning check down before our pop quiz. The morning check. On ninety-three-five and one zero seven-five, the fan. All right, last night in baseball, kind of a quiet Monday. Uh, the Cubs did beat the Tigers, so now they actually bump up in the wild card standings to second. It is very, very jumbled on that great end. The Reds out in Anaheim. Obviously, Mother Nature has been the story in Southern California. Reds game postponed to Wednesday. Did you see those so pictures of Dodger Stadium? A doubleheader. I, I, my hand is raised on that, Mark. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Because then I felt like not. the Dodgers <laughs> official account tweeted out pictures and they're like, guys, the stadium looks a lot better than what is like going viral. So, welcome to this day and well, age viral, social media. The viral photo made it look like it was underwater. It, 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 it did. It, it absolutely did. But then did. the Dodgers tweeted out pictures I'm like, it definitely looked like it rained, of course, but the water had subsided. How's this? For, how's this for a check down? And the uh, Dodgers, by the way, are not playing at, at no, not yo, uh, at home right now. How about Ted Cruz being fooled? What a dope! <laughs> Did you see that with the shark photo? That was the absolutely ancient, tremendous. What's that? Three years now, the shark photo. Like if you're the guy that created that Photoshop, uh, that has worked for three years. I mean, if, and has got powerful people, including U.S. senators. It's like if someone bringing the rubber snake to the family reunion. If you're and Ted Cruz and you're retweeting <laughs> Barstool Big Cat, you might want to do some like research a little bit first. What great pub for Barstool Big Cat, though. Uh, uh, That's fantastic. Outstanding. Uh, the Colts are going to get on the practice field here in a half hour in Philly. And Shane Seiko will meet the media a little bit later after that. 
And uh, we'll have Nate Atkins, who's in Philly, boots on the ground there, on the show tomorrow to recap anything that happens. It's not hot in Philly, by the way. It's 72 right now. It really? It's going to be a high of uh, 81, but that's not going to be until 4 or 5 o'clock, and it's cloudy. So that's pretty good. The Colts get out of town, that and they good. lose about 20 degrees in the sun and everything else. And uh, obviously, weather-wise here, we brought this up earlier in the show, but I think it's worth repeating. Kyle Nenrip uh, from The Star tweeted out that the Kokomo-Whiteland game coming up on Friday night has been pushed from, I would assume, was a normal 7 o'clock start time to 8. I'm guessing, Andy, we could see a domino effect here. If one school's going to do that, Everyone's I, gonna I do would it. assume a lot might follow. Uh, so keep an eye on any afternoon, evening, outdoor sports here in the next few days. Do we see time adjustments with any of that? Obviously, high school sports season is in full swing with schools back in session. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. 317-239-1070. Mark, fantasy football spot or hold off? I, I know I'm putting we, you on the spot. I again. say we still do it because okay. we gave one to the YouTube. We had nine spots to give away, so we had kind of an uneven number anyway. We so we're well down do. to... Uh, What's that math on that? What am I? Well, let me. I just. We've done five of twelve. We've got seven to go. Because mm-hmm. we're three of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, seven to go. Let's give away a fantasy football spot on the pop quiz. If you'd like to join the league, give us a call 317-239-1070. You also do the pop quiz next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Pop quiz time here on the fan. KB's texting over there. Well, Was I, it Notre Dame stuff? No. I, okay. I wish. Um, we did bump a Notre Dame guest today. Can we please have him on tomorrow? Who He's is, coming on tomorrow. It's Pete, Pete what, Sampson. He wanted to call him Sampras. I love him from The Athletic. <laughs> I, I always profess my love for you him. You love him. Every time. It's very awkward, Andy. You'll just want can to I leave si- the room. Can I sit out on that one? The only question I would have uh, for Sampson would be, uh, does Sam Hartman you know, always look like he's like he's like a he's got a great beard, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I feel a great, like him and Gardner Minshew are brothers. A great full beard is what he has. All right, so what do you want to do here? Do you want to do you, you want to lead or you want me to lead on these? Well, give us a number one through eight so we can grab a caller. All right, so yesterday I did four. Let's not do that. Let's make it easier for Mark. Let's do caller number two. Ooh. And two has a spot in our fantasy league. Mark, who we got? Derek. Derek. We met at back nine. Oh, what's up, Derek? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Derek, welcome to our fantasy league as well. Well, thank you. And I finally got through to the pop quiz so I can embarrass myself. That. Can, can uh, I ask now, Derek a question? Yeah, well, I was going to say, Derek was rocking a nice Acuna jersey at the back nine events on Friday. Okay, I might have had you mixed up. Did you have the picture that you had people sign? Yes. Same yes, guy? Yes, you signed my picture. Okay, well, that's what I was. I, I felt very weird doing that. I, I didn't know you. I was a new guy. I thought, well, you might hate me on Monday. Uh, but oh, I guess I, I knew who you were. So okay, I mean, you said people didn't recognize you, and I saw you sitting down. I said, oh, let me get him to sign it while JMB signed it too. All right, well, there Derek, we go. Derek, I think someone Thank commented you. on Twitter. It looked like I had third grade handwriting. So I apologize <laughs> up front for that. That picture definitely depreciated in value with our signatures on it. Yeah. Well, I thought Mark had a smudge on his. Signature. I did because I'm left-handed. Derek had a pretty good golf swing as well. Derek, did you have uh, do you have fun on Friday? 
Oh, I had a wonderful time, wonderful time. I was, it was surprising I was able to get my three friends to take a day off and come out there, but they, we all enjoyed ourselves. I was worried about oh, Craig. I'm like, boy, is Craig, yeah, Craig's a little too too big for the old back nine golf clubs there, but he may do with that. Uh, well, Derek, we appreciate you calling. We love that you are in the Fantasy League, so make sure you hang on the line. After the pop quiz, Mark will get your info. And Andy Sweeney, you want to throw number one at him? All right, number one, let's go. Uh, Colts versus Eagles. That's coming up Thursday night's preseason finale. Which franchise entered the NFL first? Uh, are you saying Indianapolis Colts or Buffalo Colts? Boy. I'll say Colts. Ooh. Ooh, I don't think it matters, does it? The Colts franchise or the Eagles? Okay, the Colts franchise. All right, number two here, Derek. In the final game of the NFL preseason week number two, <laughs> the Commanders snapped the Ravens' league record 24-game preseason win streak. Again, I believe that will never be achieved in the history of sports. Knocking off Baltimore 29-28 last night. Which team now owns the longest active preseason winning streak thanks to a Purdue quarterback in the NFL? Is it A, the Eagles, B, the Bills, C, the Raiders, D, the Chiefs? Raiders. Eric's a smart fellow. All right, question number three. The Colts have given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. The last time the Colts traded a Pro Bowl running back was in 1999 when they sent Marshall Falk to the Rams for a pair of picks. Which of the following players was taken by the Colts in the 1999 draft with one of the picks they did receive from the Rams? Okay, is it A, uh, Edron James, B, Hunter Smith, C, Corey Terry, D, Mike Peterson? Edge. All right, so you're going to go with A, Edron James. All right, off to number four. All right, number four here, Derek. On this day in 1989, Nolan Ryan struck out the 5,000th batter of his career. Named the future Hall of Famer. He was certainly glad to not get on base. He whiffed for number 5,000. Was it A, Ricky Henderson, B, George Brett, C, Kirby Puckett, or D, Cal Ripken Jr.? Oh, wait a minute. Say that question again. It's a good one. All right. The 5,000th strikeout of Nolan Ryan's career. Okay. Uh, okay. Name the future Hall of Famer. He whiffed for number 5,000. Again, very glad he did not get this guy on base. Ricky Henderson, George Brett, Kirby Puckett, Cal Ripken Jr. Henderson. All right, and the last one, two years ago today, Miguel Cabrera hit number 500, his 500th career home run. Cabrera is the only active MLB player with more than 500 home runs. Only one active player aside from Cabrera has hit 400 homers in his career. Is it A, Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, B, Nelson Cruz, C, Mike Trout, D, Joey Votto? Uh, I'm thinking Trout. Now this one, that one I actually knew. Really? Yeah. You may ask why. Do you, are you one of these people that like knows the all-time home run list? I, I absolutely know nothing. I'm terrible at trivia, but I actually did know this one. That it's, one surprises me yeah, a little bit there. It should. Stanton. That's you, a bum. Are you not a Stanton guy? No, who is a Stanton guy? Oh, the Marlins? Spoken like a true Yankees fan. <laughs> who is? All right, Derek, uh, number two and four were correct with yeah! the Raiders and Ricky uh, Henderson. Correcto. Yeah, 
Uh, but that was it, right? Yeah, that's all he got. He didn't get any of mine. Uh, the yeah, the the Eagles were first. They were nineteen thirty three. Uh, the Colts got Mike Peterson, mm, the Florida Se- Gator, right? Second round, thirty sixth overall. Now, KB, do you know who the other guy was? The fifth rounder. Well, I, I'm. Oh, you're looking at it. I'm Del. staring at the pop quiz. There's no chance are. I would have yeah. gotten the fifth no. rounder though. Brad Schioli. Yeah. Not a Schioli fan. I love Hunter Smith, Notre Dame punter. Great athlete. I'm apologizing to the Schioli family. He's got a great farm, by the way, up in Boone County Does he really? Well. Uh-huh. Nelson Cruz, the answer for number five, Derek. There you go. Derek, Nelson stay on the line, man. Now, I respect your integrity of the pop quiz. The old host, he would give a lot of hints. Well, you give a couple. I give none. I guess I need to, to kind of filter those in a little uh, bit. I haven't can. done that. Interject as you need to. Okay. As a son of two teachers, I appreciate the integrity that you uphold with the pop quiz. Thank you. Uh, we've got some boots in the ground in Philly, and there is a Jonathan Taylor sighting. I know that was a question that we had. Would Taylor be at practice? He indeed is at practice, not participating. Dave Griffiths from Fox 59 CBS 4 tweeted out a picture of him. A little bit different attire for Jonathan Taylor okay. than his normal uniform that he's been rocking out at Grand Park. So he indeed is in Philly and is at Colts practice today. We will round it out one final time here. KB and Andy, the wake-up call. KB and Andy on 93.5-1075, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. It is the wake up call. Final segment. Reminder uh, querying company coming up at noon. JMV. You heard the teaser there. He's coming up at three o'clock. You play Bush on the on the rejoin there, Mark. It makes me think Gavin Rosdell, fantastic hair. Fantastic Fan- hair, and they are good in concert. I've seen them a couple times. They are outstanding. But just his hair. Yeah, to yeah. Hell, tell with the concert, just his hair at that age. <laughs> oh, yeah. KB, who is he married to? Is he still married to her? you have any idea? Uh, no, I don't. Not still me. married. Not I- still married? Gwen Stefani. Remember that? <gasps> oh, sure. I, Little I no doubt. watching her on The Voice. There you go. Never, no, never seen the Blake, voice. Blake Shelton hmm. now. Oh, I should have known that. Wow. It's kind of an odd. Really? Yeah. That's a little. Yeah. It's like and- you going from Jake to me. Well, yeah, yeah, some could say, and I guess <laughs> divorces are abundant in both of those scenarios there. Um, in real life and in radio. <laughs> exactly. like, they do happen quite a bit. Uh, speaking of divorce, it looks like yeah, uh, for a second time, well, I guess second time in the last two years, uh, Hot Rod, mm. he, he got the scissors in Tampa. Rodrigo Blankenship. Time to play with Legos, I guess. Uh, he just got cut <laughs> by the Bucks, so he loses a kicking hot competition with Chase McLaughlin. Couple former Colts and a kicking competition down there in Tampa. That's about the only saving grace this year for the Colts. There's been so much drama. I guess Matt Gay did miss a kick in Buffalo, but thank the Lord they don't have a kicking competition. I watched that game. It was on NFL Network last night. Uh, the Colts and Bears. Yeah. It, uh, it, 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 I just uh, well, he missed. Well, he missed in the Bills game. He yeah. missed in the Bills game. That's he missed what it was. Twice, right? And it was the it was the pet peeve last night. I have that game on because I have nothing in that. You know that replay fed into the Monday night. Just a great win by the Commanders. A a, a life changing yeah, win. Book. A 
you know, a storybook when uh when well you have no idea what I was even gonna get to. It doesn't matter. What do you want to get to? I have no I have no idea what I was even gonna get well, into I, there. I know you wanted to toss to a little Marcus Spears audio, so it, it Yeah, we can do that. Before we do that, I I guess I have a little bit of a um I don't know. I need to know if I just did the right thing, all right? I was walking out of the break room, eating eating a uh, a banana, going to fill up my water, drop the banana on the ground. I pick it up. It's got a couple specks on it. I wipe it off and eat it. Yeah. Is that yeah. good? No. No. You would have thrown it away, Mark? It was on the ground for literally 1.4 seconds. It doesn't matter how long it's there. It's still on the ground. Okay, so this is this is simple. I agree with five second rule or no. Okay, and, and no. The, and the five no, second rule is one point no. four seconds. Plus, that's a heavily trafficked. You can tell in here, uh, in our beautiful facility. You can tell where people walk, though. Sure. Like you can tell the discoloring in the carpet and everything else. You can tell. Oh, that's a pattern. The uh, the the highly trafficked areas in the studio. I don't think I've ever seen like a vacuum in here either. So I don't know what's going on on the carpet. All the cleaning ladies out stuff. there every morning. So I don't know. so my thing with all of this is wow, Mark, you would have you. Both would have thrown it away. Well, here's the thing. We would have thrown it away, but here is why you're okay. Because it's sports talk radio. <laughs> or it's just radio in general. Radio gives a wider berth to... I knew producers that would eat stuff out of the refrigerator that would be like historically old. Well, I brought up yesterday Greg Doyle venturing in the hotel hallways <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> yeah. nab a little but they're like, room service but they're like, left pro- out. They're like producers out of college. There's a lot so of I pot- could understand. He's Greg Doyle. Come That's on. a lot of potassium I was throwing away there. Yeah, but I feel like... I mean, you got to basically... Like, what's your comfort level with the cleanliness of the floor? Obviously, pretty high, I guess, if you put it in your mouth. But, like, I mean, if I drop some food on the ground, I'm like, do I trust that this has been cleaned? Or what kind of, like... What kind of cleansers have been on here and all that stuff? <laughs> what kind of ke- you you're worried about the chemicals? Is what I'm you, the Kevin. cleaning you chemicals, digested poison. Yeah, think- you're you're going to be sick tomorrow. Am I going to? Ha- what happens if you're sick tomorrow? Well, you and Mark, man, is it, just, is it me and Mark yeah. giving yeah. takes for three hours? Uh huh. Hundred percent. Hey, Jake, you want to come in and pull double duty? No, I know you're asleep. Uh, we you get said it. Marcus Spears, something. Uh, on you want to play the- that? I mean, they just talked sure. about. They just talked about it today, uh, or I guess it was yesterday. Leading in, you know, the uh, ESPN redid their Monday Night Football crew. I don't know if you watch any of it last night. Ryan Clark, Spears. Uh, I'm blanking on the other guy, and Scott Van Pelt. That's the new crew. That that oh, pregame. That's the new pre-game got it, got crew. It, it, it. Uh, last year, they only had 7,000 people that were oh, on the, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that was on that crew. Uh, and so those two guys, uh, Spears and then Clark, talked about the situation here in Indianapolis. Continues the trend of devaluation of the position, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we talking about a real talent. Yeah. In Jonathan Led the league Taylor. in rushing two years ago. Yeah, so when you get to that point and you start thinking about what Jim Ursay said this offseason, mm. we going to go on without Jonathan Taylor, this league will go on. So not only was it a bad blood situation created, now you start, as a player, start thinking about, well, will you ever value me here, right? right? And I think, look, I know this is a messy situation. The Colts did Jonathan Taylor a favor by allowing him to request a trade Mm -hmm. because Jonathan Taylor relationship with the Indianapolis Colts, I felt like after Jim Mercer spoke about it, was not salvageable. I thought it was a wrap on him being there and being the player that he truly wanted to be. So for me, this is a win-win situation. Now it boils down to what Shefty alluded to. What is the value that other teams see, which is the most important? Well, it's, it's, it's not a win-win situation. 
the running backs are losing. Oh, 100%. I had an opportunity to talk to Saquon <laughs> this week, and he was just running down what his situation was, the way that negotiations were handled. And it's clear that the value that running backs prove on Sunday is not the value that they're getting in contract negotiations. Yeah, and so if you're Jonathan Taylor, listen to what RG say, RG3 said. And it made a lot of sense for him to say, as a young quarterback, a guy who was dual threat, I had Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris was a late-round pick. Correct. It's the Alfred Morrises of the world that hurt Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor goes for 1,800 yards two years ago, but he missed six games last year. Yep. They're going to use that against him. And when you're looking at the running back market and the way that these guys are being treated, what they feel is go ahead and get on them streets. Yeah. Them streets might not be as hot for you as you think. And Cordis, if uh, KB is on those streets and drops a banana, he will he will lead the banana <laughs> off, up on the street. Off, carpet off the street. Oh, just a few pebbles on this. Well, thing. I mean, listen. If you say go get a bunch of Alfred Morris's fund, then that's what the Colts need to do, and maybe that's what ultimately they are doing. Can you imagine running backs around the league right now <laughs> paying attention to this? I mean, this is it, well, not sure. to like blow it out of proportion, but like this is their future market right here. Whatever. I mean. Th- w- the suitor that gets Taylor, the contract they give him, if that indeed happens. we When's the last time we've had a meaningful running back trade before the season has started? You know, again, when you get into Christian McCaffrey territory, it's midseason. The 49ers feel like they're in a, a great team, position. Get a team tanking, too. To win it. Yeah, the Panthers clearly fired their head coach, all of those things. Um I am beyond fascinated to see how this Taylor thing plays out. Again, for those that uh, missed it a little bit earlier, Dave Griffiths, who is on site in Philly, Jonathan Taylor, is there attending Colts practice. Again, not practicing, remains on the physically unable to perform list, but he is at practice. Nate Atkins from the Star, also in Philly. He will join us tomorrow. Yeah, I just started following Griffiths. Uh, Griffiths. Is that he's at Griffiths? Yes, uh, uh-huh. He said Sirianni, Eagles coach, on Richardson, quote, I haven't seen him in practice, but he's in great hands with Shane. His resume speaks for itself. So there you go. A lot of, uh, lot of praise here as we uh, move from the Eagles-Colts camp. On my viewing list tonight, I think my wife's going to the Jonas Brothers concert. I think I'm going to watch oh, wow. that. Um, I think I'm going to watch that Swamp Kings the uh, Netflix series on the Aaron Hernandez, oh, Tim Tebow, out? Urban oh, Meyer, yeah. Florida Gators. Oh, uh, that's got to yeah. be a must watch, right? Uh, it, it, well, more so than the Jonas Brothers, yes. <laughs> to each their own. The Jonas Brothers. I think Maddie Bone will be calling in having some issues with Andy if uh, he suggests Swamp Kings over Jonas <laughs> Brothers. He's Andy Sweeney. I'm Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton, as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy.